friends oh you're always too loud sorry sorry that's not your fault i'm operating the board it's my fault oh, oh good yeah i'm over here pounding you up too high and um yeah last week night we took a deep dive into 1986 what'd you think squeezer what was the uh, feedback people a, a lot of, well it depends um, if you were a fan of uh, Star Trek and uh, Constructs, um, not a great year, I guess, <laughs> but salads are awesome. Salads so. at McDonald's, people had a lot of thoughts on them, and they weren't, I wouldn't say awesome, Squeezer, because not a lot of positivity. Oh, no, yeah, I, I love the references to meat cubes. Yeah, um, but that's what, that's what made them memorable. Yes. The meat cubes. And um, a lot of people were, you know, saying pretty nice things about Howard the Duck, but that drew a lot of popularity, too. Uh, our friend Dan gave me shit for not seeing ever um, any Star Wars movie. Well, saw... Star Trek, so you just pissed him off again. Star Trek. I've seen all the Star Wars movies. Uh, Star Trek, yes. Yeah, sorry, Dan. Um, <laughs> You're saw... really winning them over. I saw the J.J. Abrams one. So that's it. That, but, but really I, winning them over. It's fair now. It's fair to say I've just I'm just not a Star Trek fan. That's, that's fine. If, if there's one to get into, uh, that the fourth one would be the whale one would be the one for you. I was because there's, there's like zero action. It's just people talking and walking around. You'd love it. <laughs> oh, okay. That sounds like Kevin Smith directed it and wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, was told that I would enjoy. Um, the next generation is a very thought-provoking series, they say. Yes. Oh, no, it's excellent. It's very yeah. good. I remember it always being on and always seeing commercials for it because it was, you know, syndicated around Baywatch and wrestling. But obviously, mm -hmm. I was I was into the more mindless entertainment as a child. I watched it anytime I had an opportunity. Um, yeah, I was a fan. And it, it got better. Like, they started putting... Uh, as they started to put a little more money into it, like it just, it, it, they definitely improved a little bit as it, it was on for a long time. It was like 87 to 94. I had to be on longer I think than that. Seven, I think it was seven seasons. Huh. I feel like, uh, I feel like, the, I feel like it had to be on longer. Yeah, 94. Yeah, 87 to 94. I don't know. I feel like... I am a scientist. Maybe they just kept replaying it in syndication. Oh, they syndicated the bejesus well, it, it was it. originally syndicated, right? Wasn't it? Or yes. CBS. It was, yeah, it was originally syndication. Hold on. It looks like it was CBS, but it wasn't a syndication. It might have been produced by CBS, but I'm fairly certain it went directly in. Yeah, because I don't remember. Oh, yeah, first-run syndication. You're right. It was originally syndicated. It was produced by CBS, first-run syndication, which a lot of shows did back in the day, mm -hmm. uh, and it worked. Um, 
Because networks, there was no cable, no gamble up front yeah. for them. Yeah. Like they didn't, they didn't have to invest all this money into a series, and it not pan out. They can let someone else do all the legwork, and then like, yes, we will buy that. And um, um, for like a, an expensive series like this, CBS can make it, <clears throat> and then make tons of money up front. Yeah, and not have to worry about selling advertising because you sell the networks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, some other stuff I saw. The trailer, the new trailer dropped for the New Mutants. I had, did you see it? I saw, I saw the the button to click on it, and I just didn't have the opportunity to. I, I was in a poor signal location for the bulk of my day, so now I, I it, it loaded and it kind of spun a bit, and I never got to actually see it. I collected. See, I didn't even. I was just like. Like I, I, on Saturday we were at work and I was just looking for things to watch on my phone. I was like, "Oh, New Mutants! I know it's been out. I haven't watched it. I'll watch it." I had no idea they were doing the Demon Bear saga. Hmm. Uh, did you re- ever read that? Did you ever read any New Mutants? Uh, I read some New Mutants, mo- mostly when they tied in and do crossover stuff. Yeah. So like like the big crossovers where you had to get the issues to follow the story. Yeah. Uh, and then like most of them like went to X Factor, X Force, but. I collected some new mutants and I've had some omnibuses and my favorite was always the demon bear saga. And I'm watching this trailer and I'm like, Oh fuck. I had no clue. They were doing the demon bear saga and the demon bears in the fucking trailer. I was very impressed. Um, and, uh, 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 what the fuck's his name? Colossus. His sister is definitely, definitely in it. Uh, playing magic. And, uh, uh, I was pretty impressed um, that uh, they're doing a Moonstar and uh, <clears throat> Demon Bear and uh, just just everybody. Cannon, the kid from uh, uh, Stranger Things looks like he's playing Cannonball. And, yeah. And um, the girl from... It, that's when you know you're in a good place. Like, this movie would have never been able to be made, well, if it wasn't for, you know the MCU like just blowing the doors open and allowing you know pretty much now you can make any comic book movie you want clearly well that, i think that's been the thing for at least over 10 years now everyone's been like clamoring well, for for yeah projects. well the MCU's been around for 20 kind of makes you feel old MCU when was uh 10 year, 10 years buddy 10 years 10 12, 12 now about 12 12, well, 12 in June, but 12 years. 2008 was the first movie. All right. I'll give you that. <laughs> but the X-Men, the, X, the universe this movie's tied into has been around for 20. That might be what you're trying to think of, the, the, the Fox right, X-Men yeah. universe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we don't, we don't have to, like, back out and just clad them in leather because the costumes would look funny on screen. Yeah, and there was no I didn't really see any costumes, but I guess the girl from um the girl who uh ends everything at a very Deus ex machina fashion on um Game of Thrones. The girl the tiny girl who stabs the white guy, the white king. Oh, yeah. Maisie Williams. Yes, she plays Wolfsbane. It looks like uh she's playing Wolfsbane. From the trailer, and um... wait, did you say stab the white guy? The white 
king guy. Yeah, a lot of white people got stabbed in Game of Thrones. No, that's not. You know what I meant. I know what you meant. I'm the just Snow saying. King. And she, yeah. Yes, the, she stabbed the Snow King. Wasn't he a white king? What was his name? The White King. Right? Uh, it was... Uh, the, uh... You don't know. You're like... I don't even remember you're, anymore. You're... No, it, it's, it's the series is over. I'm you're like, thinking, all right, I'm done. You're thinking I might be right. <laughs> no, you're not, though. I'm not? Isn't it White you King? Said, you did say White Guy, though. White guy. I meant the White... The, I meant the White King. Game of Thrones. Uh, characters. Hold on. Dead. Skip to season eight. Skip to the last episode. Um... Oh, wait. It was in the second last episode, right? Yeah. Uh, something like that. Uh, third, third last, actually, I think. Third last. Okay. Uh, Land the Storm. Oh, it's the Night King. Night, Night King. King. Ah, why did I yeah, think you were wh close. White King? Because you, you get that right. Wow, people are screaming like, it's the Night King. I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? That was like months ago. I and, only watched uh, the last two seasons with uh, Enchantress because she's a fan. So I, you missed the you missed the good seasons. Oh, uh, she tried to make me watch that. It was awful. I sorry, I cannot get into it. Oh man. So who's Grey Worm? Is it a worm? <laughs> no, he was. Let me think. He, he Night King. There he is. Yeah, see, trying like, to he's... think of you where you were when. Um... Oh, he's the head of the White Walkers. I was right. What? Yeah, he's still Night King. Grey Worm is is the 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 soldier uh, for uh, Daenerys, the no. her cap the captain, no. the general of the army. It's not a worm of the Unsullied. I will I crush you like a worm. What movie? Quickly, not a comedy. Well, sorry, I wasn't paying. I wasn't. I said, and I can't hit you, eh? I'll crush you like a worm. I don't know. Should I know this? Amish. The English won't let us use weapons, swords, so we have to train with stones. <laughs> Braveheart. Oh, Braveheart. I'll yeah. crush you like a worm. Oh. Just, oh, like a worm. Yeah, because you said... I thought you said like a wedding. I'm like, why oh, would I crush you like a wedding? But that's how he pronounces it. Worm. Worm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could... Uh, I'm just getting warmed up for my bad impressions tonight, kids. Yeah. I, I was I was uh, practicing Arnold as I walked around tonight uh, at work, and I'm just like doing it to myself. Whoa. Just trying to get my... <laughs> and just swallowing your... your... Esophagus. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to do my best, Arnold. It's going to be bad, but I will. I will <laughs> attempt my best uh, impressions. Uh, yeah. So the Demon Bear Saga. I think you can buy it as an omnibus still. Uh, yes, Chris Claremont and Bill Sinkowitz. Uh, uh, and it, the artwork is really cool. The New Mutants in the early '80s was a really cool, like younger mutant spinoff group, and they kind of had free reign. So they did the, uh, looks like a, 
I don't know. They might sell it digitally. I can I could only find used old versions from the nineties. This is the one I had from December first, nineteen ninety. Same exact copy I had with the pink side and the new mutants. Demon, still have downstairs Demon Bear Saga. I can't believe they're doing the Demon Bear Saga. I was like, fuck, I didn't know they were doing that with <laughs> New Mutants. Like I was saying, like, oh, they have the perfect opportunity to do a New Mutants movie. Uh with like what they introduced in Deadpool. Uh, and they're not going that route, but they are still using magic, which I assume they'd bring in because Colossus was in Deadpool. And um, uh, what's her name? The Megasonic Warhead, whatever girl. She was in the New Mutants. So I figured mm-hmm. that was going to be the connective tissue. But they went their whole own route. So Yeah, I'll see it when it uh, comes out on tape yeah going to the movies is a thing you gotta pick your battles i know yeah i got i picked i i I got i saw one movie in the theaters so um but yeah and and now it was as long as like two movies so it was kind of like i went to see two movies we watched on netflix the irishman have you seen it yet not yet. I I just added to the queue, the long ever building queue. I'm like, oh, I'll get to that one day. By just adding that to your queue, you doubled the length of your queue. <laughs> it is long. Uh, what else have we? I, I saw the the stats that they got on it, and it's like uh seventy percent of people, I think, or something like people get the the majority of people get about seventy percent complete and haven't finished it uh i would recommend finishing it's not his best work which i've heard said it's not uh and Mm. it's the digital de-aging is weird it's like doesn't work like uh but it's still a good it's still a great movie Mm -hmm. but in my opinion still once upon on once upon a time in hollywood is the best movie i have yet to see 1917 so don't jump down my throat I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna make a push to get out and see it because I I went and I saw the documentary one that fucking Lord of the Rings did a little while back. All excited. We will and not I, be forgotten or whatever. What was it called? Uh, yeah, and and even that just bored me. Um, and that's something that should hold my attention to. We we uh, watched about half of Dolomite is my name, and I really liked it, but. Um, Enchantress fell asleep because it was late and we haven't got a chance to rewatch it. But it was what I saw was good and I really want to see Uncut Gems also. Um, and then uh, we haven't seen, I haven't watched uh, Marriage Story on Netflix yet. Uh, now, now you're starting to list things I'm never going to hear of or see again. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. There's a few Netflix movies. There's a few, there's, there's some good movies out there. And Joker, of course. You, have you seen Joker yet? Nope. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That once uh, one best actor at the Golden Globes for Joaquin Phoenix, and Kevin Smith revealed the whole. Um, he found out they were supposed to, the way they were going to end it was that last. There's the last scene where he's in the psychiatrist's office and he's laughing. And she's mm-hmm. like, "What are you laughing at?" He's like, "I just thought of something funny," and that scene was supposed to expound to what he said, and it's it's in the in, it shows that he was the guy who killed. Uh, thomas and martha wayne and then he starts walking away and he bruce is crying he shrugs and turns around and kills bruce too 
leaving the Joker movie a world without Batman ever existing. But I guess they talked him out of it. Yeah, that's a little... Well, if it's a standalone movie, that would have been great, but I guess they're like... Yeah, but people are scared. <laughs> Guy, you can't... You can't take away hope. Yeah, you can't take away... And, and yeah, well, because someone there goes, oh, well, we can make a spin-off sequel to this with Batman. And, and, you know, even though there's no reason to and you don't need to and you shouldn't, but... Yeah. It has uh, nothing to do with shooting a kid. Right, and uh, the hope for them is about um, making... Uh, money and sequels, not yeah. <clears throat> uh, I we also watched two of the th- three Crisis on Infinite Earth spin. I don't watch any of the Ver- Berlanti verse shows. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about this. Uh, Flash, Arrow, Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow, or Supergirl. Uh, but I last year I watched Elseworlds because I was like, oh shit, they're doing Elseworlds. And then when she said they were, when Enchantress said they were doing Crisis on Infinite Earth, I was like, "Oh fuck, I gotta see this." And it's so far, it's it's I, I, without knowing any of the story building up to it, it's it's good. It holds your attention. It's fun. I mean, it's cool. it's, it's still like television, you know, mm-hmm. but it's good. It's and it's not. It doesn't like you get a little spoiled when you watch like a Netflix show like Stranger Things with with money behind it or The Mandalorian yeah. with. A lot of money, but <clears throat> like CW Warner is just churning these out, you know. It's because yeah, it's a it's a formula that works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a it's that sitcom, uh, weekly, serial style, you know, yeah. production. Uh, and they have to they have to do twenty two episodes or so. Like the the stream that, and that when's that going to change? I know. When are the networks finally gonna like realize that there there could be a better way? Like, it, I'm not saying there are shows where I yeah keep pumping it out. And the thing is, like, as long as you know, as advertisers as, are there, like, yeah. the, the more episodes you have, the more slots you have for commercials, and the more money you'll make. So yeah, they're not really concerned about well, we can have nine really good quality episodes. Or you can have nine really good ones uh, and, like, you know, 17 mediocre ones and, like, three piles of dog turds, but you still get the same money out of all of them, so. Right, and, like, I think eight eight to 13 episodes, eight seems like to be the sweet spot. It's, like, Stranger Things. I think they do seven, actually. Hmm. Um, the Mandalorian did eight. Always Sunny in Philadelphia does eight. I don't know. I just like eight. It's good. Yeah, I guess it depends if the story needs it. You and, know. And I think like like the I think the Marvel TV shows like uh, that were on. Um, yeah, there was some fat that could have been trimmed. Yeah, in. they would have been better off from going from thirteen to eight as well. Yeah. Yeah, they they got a little uh, long in the tooth on some of the episodes, um, but. I digress. I don't know what we, how we even got here. <laughs> I don't. It, we just ramble incessantly, and we, we fell in a hole. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and now for the next two hours, you can listen to us climb out of that hole. Yeah. So we're talking retro comedies, and any comedy movie uh, from what we consider the rad years is up for grabs. And last week, Squeezer went first 
so this week it's my turn. So are you ready for my first pick? Yes. Here it is. It's rhetorical. A long line of great detectives has come to an end. Oh, Who is that? Harry Crumb. Master of disguise. I am the Jules Delioche. Could you spell that? I don't think so. Try it with a D. Mind like a steel trap. God's gift to women. John Candy. Who's Harry Crumb? Looks like this one. Get a little rough. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Uh, who's Harry Crumb? I worshipped mm-hmm. this movie when I was a kid. Uh, it, it was So I liked Fletch, and I know everyone like sucks the dick of Fletch, and it's good. But this is John Candy's Fletch, and in my opinion, it's better than Fletch. I don't, I don't disagree. It, there's so many just funny moments, and he's just so good. Save for the, you know, he is doing brown face in this movie, which was a thing <laughs> in the 80s. Uh, you know, it's not perfect, but um, it's pretty good. Uh, I pulled some, some clips that are my favorite, uh, and this is just going to make you laugh. One of his, like, I got a black belt in the keto and the boots to match. God forbid anything dangerous should happen. Dangerous? Dangerous? Elliot, I've got a black belt and a keto and the boots to match. <laughs> um, and then this has to be the funniest line from the movie. You're going to get a kick out of this. Uh, well, before I do this, like, so let me tell you the story of the movie. Um, a rich man's daughter gets kidnapped and they send a ransom note to the father and it says $10 million or your daughter's dead. The detectives come in, but he also hires a private detective, Harry Crumb, to uh, come in and try and crack the case. Harry works with the kidnappee's sister and they together eventually find it, even though uh, Harry Crumb's kind of a bumbling fool in his own right. Uh, but there's a scene where they got the ransom money together because they're going to do like a drop and try to get the guy. And mm-hmm. Harry's counting the money, and it's really great. <laughs> All there. short oh please i hope you're not actually paying this clown for his so-called services so-called see for yourself butch 95 96 97 98 99 great scene she he was right so whenever I'm like by like a loose notebook, I like to pick it up and fly through my ear and go all there. <laughs> uh, so many mannerisms I picked up, like uh, black beat and the keto and the boots to match. He, and now he plays this like Hungarian um, hair model. It's really funny, uh, and the first few lines are great. So I'll just play that one for you, really quick.
we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what did you say your name was? I am Deju Dilyosh. Oh, could you spell that, please? I... I don't think so. Try it with a D. <laughs> <laughs> and then here he is doing brown face. Uh, it's it's uh, kind of not the most, you know, um, PC clip for modern times. So if you have sensitive ears, be warned. Oh, 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 oh boy. Oh, a thousand, a thousand apologies for my face hitting your fish because I boy, yo. I am VJ. VJ from Bombay. Bombay air conditioning. <laughs> Let me use my card. When the going gets hot, the hot get air conditioning. Oh, it's a cute little slogan, wouldn't you say? Feel it. So, <clears throat> he's in full brown face. But, you know, he's a private eye. He's got to play a man of many disguises. Well, yeah. And they, the, everyone agrees online that this is the funniest scene from Who's Harry Crumb. And this is my last clip for you. Uh, I just figured that I could imitate it or I could play some clips for you to give you a good taste of what I think is a great film. Uh, Detective Casey, I'd like you to meet uh, Harry Crumb. I know you by reputation. My reputation precedes me. Otherwise, I'd be late for all my appointments. <laughs> Harry Crumb. You know, Mr. Downing, I have a lot of experience in these matters. And over the years, I've developed a theory about private detectives. They're slime. And without exception, they are lazy, stupid, cowardly, arrogant, and thoroughly incompetent. It's just a theory. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And make sure the lab has the number here in case they come up with anything. You can have your lab inspect this note as much as you want. But they may never discover what I already know. And what is that, Mr. Crumb? You find that crazy typewriter, and you'll have your kidnappers. So, it's a, it's a note uh, that's like cut out of magazines, like a ransom note. Mm -hmm. And he holds it up, and he's like, you find that crazy typewriter, <laughs> and you'll find your kidnapper. You know, he's just an idiot. It's great. Oh, of course. Yeah. But he's so lovable. I know his line. It's just a theory. <laughs> <laughs> I have a theory about private detectives. It's supposed to be set in Los Angeles. Of course, they filmed in Vancouver. And uh, in the American Film Institute book about movies, it says 1988 was the west wettest Vancouver spring in the century. Outdoor location shots were delayed and even interior shots were adversely effective. The city skyline needed to be visible through a window in Harry's office. After hours of balancing indoor and outdoor light, clouds would float in and ruin the shot. This would <laughs> drove you nuts. Director of photography Stephen Katz solved the problem by placing crewmen with walkie-talkies on the roof to alert him of approaching clouds. What a gig. What a gig. I'm on cloud duty. Cloud duty. Um, it's a big Second City TV directed by Paul Flaherty. He's the guy in, in the show, in the who who runs the hotel who punches the John Candy and um, brown face in the face. Uh, this was the first of four movies John Candy had uh, 
released in 1989, including Uncle Buck, Cannonball Fever, and The Rocket Boy. So he was on fire. But Who's Harry Crumb? If you've never seen it, do yourself a favor and take a look at Who's Harry Crumb. You will appreciate it. You're not going to come back and be like, that was the greatest piece of cinema, but I guarantee you'll get a few laughs out of it. And that's I, I don't... And, and no disrespect to any of these movies. Uh, most of our list... Uh, I mean... Look, comedies are tough. And I, I hate when people like review them like they're supposed to be fucking Sophie's Choice. But you can have a good, well-made movie that's a comedy. You know? And... Yeah, you might not want to... What am I saying? I don't yeah, know. They're not, they're, they're not all going to win fucking Best Picture. But I'm also not going to laugh and enjoy watching a Best Picture film all the time. That is true. That is true, Squeezer. Shall we move on to your first yes. pick? Speaking of nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> Grace. Intelligence. Musical ability. Brilliance in language. And charm. Adam Sandler is <laughs> Billy Madison. <laughs> Rated PG-13. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. Good pick. Ah, oh, thanks. Yeah, this is one of those movies that you don't realize is going to... I mean, this came out in 95. So I was in sixth grade. So what is that? Twelve going on thirteen years old. You it was know, made for us. It's perfect, and it's, you realize this movie and every dumb little quote um, you will be uttering <laughs> throughout your entire, like those formative years. And this movie was just an injection right into those informative, uh, just the formative years. There's nothing that you can. I've done, um, like, well, like, board, like you could have taken me like the fanciest boarding school, you know, like, and and prep school, and then shown me this movie, and it would have been years wasted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's a good thing I went to public school. That Veronica Vaughn is one fine one piece of fine ace. Piece of ass. Um, I know. <laughs> no, you don't, pal. <laughs> Uh, the shot of them, of Chris Farley and uh, Norm and Jack just sitting there eating all the kids' lunches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it, it's an unnecessary, it, it, it's, I mean, Doyle's it's a shot that day. they just dropped in there. <laughs> and it's just, it's just fantastic. Hey, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> what the, you kind of. Uh, uh, it's it, a movie that made me realize that I wanted the pickle race. Have you ever done it? Mm -mm. It doesn't work the way it does in the movies, but it does piss people off in their fast food restaurant when you throw pickles at the window and see how fast they slide down the, uh, slide down the window. Uh, it, this is, I, and I mean, no disrespect. This movie is really stupid. <laughs> and, uh, it's designed for us at that age, and it's still designed for us at this age because I still laugh at it hysterically. If it just came out now, 
I still probably would laugh at it the same way. Um, and Adam Sandler, it's, it's probably the closest to him that he played as a character. This is pretty much who he is, just, you know, taken to 11. <laughs> uh, and this is also one of the films. Now, granted, I had a mom that she didn't want me watching Pee Wee's because... Um, yeah, in this movie... He goes, it is 10 times worse than any dog eating dog food for four seconds. I dare you to touch her boobs. That's assault, brother. <laughs> That's assault, brother. You double How dare many... me? <laughs> <laughs> and then he tries to do it. <laughs> I double dare you. Oh, Bridget Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? She plays Sonya Blade, right? No. Yeah. Yeah, Sonya yep. Blade. Yeah. yeah, she was Sonya Blade in uh, yeah. Mortal Kombat. Um, yeah, I, this... So many, um, ah, I'm you're not cool <laughs> unless you pee your pants. Back to school, back to school to prove oh. to my dad I'm not a fool. I got my uh, lunch packed up, my boots tied tight. I hope <laughs> I don't get into a fight. fight. <laughs> it's, it's just dumb little things. And, it, and then it's that that influences you to come up with your own dumb little songs just to entertain yourself. Him just kicking around in in his Timberlands with a plastic lunchbox. Um, <coughs> it, it, you just you wander around, and I can't not go to like a park with a pond and just go. Stop looking at me, Swan. Stop looking at me, Swan. Well, I can. Think uh, and of three you have the like debate between the the battle between the shampoo, shampoo and, conditioner. and conditioner. I'm conditioner. I make her hair silky smooth. <laughs> Um, it is... So, Squeezer, I have one question to ask you. Yes, sir. It's the last day of third grade, and you have your teacher alone in your tent. What do you want to do? Well, I like to think of three things I like to do. One involves some ice cubes, a nine iron. Two would include a buffalo. The debates you would have, what that means. Preferably stuff for safety's sake. And three, we bring back some of those ice cubes and switch over to a pitching wedge. Know what the worst part about this is? Like, you tell me that, and then I went to the second part of the scene, the punchline of the whole thing, of when he gets the Spanish Armada, and he gets it right, and then it cuts to Chris Farley undressing. Slowly. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> um, look, it, this is what this movie is meant to do. You, you just, it's, the plot is there a plot? Yeah, he has to go back to school to get his Fortune 500 to take over the Fortune 500 Fortune 500. Wow, uh, hotel company. Um, otherwise, the um, ever amazing Bradley Whitford yes. will get it. He's plays such. He's such a great little dick. weasel. Yeah, he is such a. He even does like a little weaselly laugh. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, and then uh, who again? Larry Hankin, who plays Carl. You're kind of weird, Carl. But B U N T in perfect cursive. Any more brain busters? Rizzuto. <laughs> Rizzuto's not a word. He's a baseball player. You're all cheating. <laughs> um, Steve Buscemi makes an uh, uncredited cameo. Um, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about the Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler relationship later. Oh, yeah, excellent. Yeah. It's on my list. 
Nice. Yeah, it's just glad I called that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the silly thumbs up. Him just laying there. And what's funny is when you first, when you're like 13, you don't and you just it, see him man. lay back on the couch and put lipstick on, mm -hmm. you're like, uh, all right, it's, he's just being weird. I don't mm -hmm. get it. it but it, the, uh, there are so many things that kind of go over your head. And then there's probably more things, though, that would go over the head of an adult watching it versus a 12 year old watching it. Nudie Magazine Day. Nudie Magazine Day. <laughs> like, you wanted that. As a kid, that's the life you wanted. Just driving around in a golf cart yeah. with your friends by the pool and just getting porno mags in the mail. Yeah. That's true. And then Principal Anderson, the wrestler. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, um, what was his name? The disgusting blob. Was it disgusting blob? Revolting blob. The revolting blob. Jesus. Um, hey, Tubby. Here's a little bathroom reading. <laughs> the August '83 issue of Wrestling World. Uh, that Where was, did uh... you get that? <laughs> Bad guy threw an opponent out of the ring and hit a bunch of senior <laughs> citizens. Boy, this wacko looks familiar. Well, what do I care about some stony, phony, stupid wrestling guy? <laughs> <laughs> he's supposed to pinch my leg if he's running short of air. That's uh, uh, Josh Mostel. He was uh in uh, City Slickers too. He was one of the uh, uh, Shallowitz brothers. Oh, like yeah. two of the supporting yeah. guys that are in the like along for the ride. But yeah, and then of course business ethics. Uh, it there's it's just a fun, silly movie, and and you could like you could almost just go on YouTube and it's just uh, Billy Madison like funny quotes, hmm. and it would be pretty long, and it's just as effective as the full length feature itself. Like you don't need the no. plot that drives the film because it's really barely there. It's just there to tie together all uh, these bunch of like one liners. I'm pretty sure they, they just, SNL joke. they just released Funko pops for him too. Uh, for a lot of, for a lot of Adam Sandler properties, I know uh, happy Gilmore and Waterboy, but I'm pretty sure they released the penguin for Billy Madison. It's too damn hot out here for a penguin to just be walking around. I got to send him back to the South Pole. <laughs> and he walks in drunk. I'm ironic. Oh, yep. I see what's going on here. <laughs> uh, we've all been there, haven't we? Sure. Hey, Billy, you want to go feed that donkey some beer? Get it all messed up? <laughs> Maybe later. Yeah, you know what? I think I realized I don't even want Billy's life. I just want Norm Macdonald to be my friend. Yeah, I just want Frank, to, that Frank character, to just be around and eat kids' lunches with me. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Go, go find Billy Madison. It's out there. I don't know if it's on any particular streaming service, but it's like movies are like, what, like $3 now to, you know. Right, you you almost feel spoiled now. Like we used to to watch a movie, I would you would spend you know I don't know how much was Blockbuster four or five bucks or something like that for like three days. Yeah. 
And now you can do that for probably even less than that, and you don't have to go anywhere. But now, because you're already paying, like, you know, how much a month now, it's like, oh, I don't want to have to spend another $3. I have to... I'm going to go get a fucking latte with some pumpkin shit in it for $7. Mm. Yeah. Thanks a lot, So think about that. Think about that. You can save yourself some calories and get a good laugh in (laughs) instead of going and buying some weird coffee drink. That's good to know. That's a tip for Um, all you kids out there. Squeezer's tip of the day. Squeezer's tip of the night. Night. There we go. Night. Mm. That's morning now. Yeah, well, morning. Sure, it is. Uh, it's our morning show. Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to the Rad Years podcast. Welcome to the Rad Years podcast. We're here. Uh, it's 28 degrees. It's 12.02 a.m. And we're here. I guess it's time to move on to my next deck. Here it is. He was raised on a tropical island. Now he's off in search of his long lost brother. Probably just like me. I am home. Oh no. Who Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito are twins. You tell your brother he messes with me, he messes with my whole family. Twins, the new comedy from Ivan Reitman, rated PG. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. Okay, Squeezer, the reason I picked this topic was because a few months ago I. <laughs> I rewatched Twins. I was like, oh, I'm looking for something to watch. I'm going through all the streaming where they have all the movies, and I get the stars, and I see Twins. I'm like, oh, put it on. Watching Twins, because I love this movie. 1988, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito. Now, I learned a few things. You know how every time <coughs> you rewatch a movie, you catch some nuances? Oh, yeah. They you didn't see before? Well, mm-hmm. I always wondered why uh, Danny DeVito's house was furnished with patio furniture. Like, was that a choice? Was it just like, because he had no money? Did hmm. you ever wonder that? It wasn't even... <clears throat> Honestly, I don't think I even thought of it. Since I was a kid, it bothered me. Like, Why does he have patio furniture in his house? And then, uh, last time I watched it, as he gets thrown through the window... Uh, in one of the early scenes, his his it says um, Vincent Benedict, and it has all his titles. And the last title is Discount Patio Furniture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's a patio furniture salesman. Also, wow, that is yeah, that's a little Easter egg I never got wow. for for uh, thirty years. I have not picked that up. Thirty one, thirty two years now, I have not picked that up. Finally did. Hmm. Now, uh, it's been confirmed by uh, all involved that Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito were offered either uh, Suburban Commando or this movie, and Hulk Hogan and Christopher Lloyd were going to get whichever one Schwarzenegger and DeVito didn't pick. Luckily, they picked twins, and Hogan and Christopher Lloyd picked Suburban Commando. Uh, So uh, this movie was so successful Schwarzenegger made a fucking fortune off this movie. They gave him fucking uh, net points. He made $35 million off this Wait, movie. Wait, net? They're gross. Whatever the fuck it is that you... 
that you actually make money. There's one. So any movie in Hollywood, uh, they claim you them. don't want them on the back end. No, you want them in the back end, but you want you want there's either gross or net. Yeah, you and, want net, right? Because uh, gross is when it makes money, right? No, you want gross profits. Gross. Yeah. Net. Why? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You want gross profits. Gro- yeah. Net. Gross is how much it gross, and net is like you catch that gross in a net. Yes. That's what you keep. Sure. So you look at that. So like they'll offer fools, like we talked about um, last week with the real Ghostbusters. They offered filmation net points. He they split all three of them. Uh, the stars, Ivan Reitman, uh, Dana DeVito, and uh, Schwarzenegger split gross profits, and they all made a bunch of money. But Schwarzenegger got twenty percent. And he made $35 million off this movie. He earned, he earned more money from Twins than any of the Terminator movies. Wow. Yeah, this is what gave... Even two? Yeah. Damn. So, um, this is also Schwarzenegger's com- comedic turn. And after this movie, people were like, wow, he's funny. And he started getting tons of comedy scripts sent to him. Mm-hmm. And Clint Eastwood visited the set one day and didn't realize he was, like, such a talented uh, actor. Um, And some of my favorite clips, uh, uh, just, I mean, this movie's got so many of them. But one of my favorite clips is earlier in the the beginning of the movie, Julius is on the plane and he's singing Yakety Yak. (laughs) And then later in the movie, uh, the two sisters, they're dating. Played by John Travolta's hot wife. Uh, they come over and she goes, she bakes some cookies and she catches him in the shower. Take your papers and get dressed. Or you don't get no spending cash. If you don't scrap the kitchen floor, you ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Yakety yak, yakety yak. Don't talk back. Money. This is another reason to have Schwarzenegger shirtless. Excuse me, but I was just taking a shower. Good singing. <laughs> oh, I-, I baked you some cookies. Cookies? I look forward to tossing them I- later. I guess it was cookies? Dumb idea. No, not at all. I, I'm really looking forward to tossing them. <laughs> <laughs> um, great, great stuff. This movie, it, it is so, it's so funny. So it's about uh, these two brothers <coughs> were made in a lab. And, um, like, I guess all the good stuff went to uh, Julius, which was played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and all the crap leftover went to Vincent, which was Danny DeVito. Julius was sent to an island to train and be wonderful. Vincent was sent to an orphanage and snuck out of orphanages and lived a life of crime and swindling and as a weasel. Uh, Julius finally goes to America to meet his brother, and he's in prison, and he gets a phone. He's like, I'm your twin brother, Julius. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like the fish out of water stuff with uh, Schwarzenegger landing in LA and just keeps eating mm-hmm. things and like this motorcycle comes by and tries to steal his briefcase and the guy throws by and he holds on and he slams and goes hey man what you doing I did nothing the pavement was his enemy <laughs> <laughs> my Schwarzenegger if, if I work at it for like three days I'll get it really good but I've only been working on it today um, I also Here's a little trivia you'll like. This movie was originally called The Experiment, but they dropped the title because of Schwarzenegger's Germanic background. <laughs> Seriously? Uh-huh. 
Well, first of all, it's a terrible movie, a terrible name for a movie. Right. Twins is um, great. Twins is great. It works perfect. It, it tells you everything. When you're everything. twins, the magic doesn't end. When you're twins. They even had a theme song for it. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, the, no respect, like, the no respect for logic. You're forgetting the first rule of a crisis situation. Time's up, Vincent. You hit me because I didn't feel it. I felt that. You gotta understand something, Benedict. I like my work. This is the most unfriendly act you're committing. I, mean, I don't know what the problem is, but I'm sure it can be resolved without resorting to violence. Without resorting yeah. to violence. Okay? Okay. Okay. Yeah. You moved too soon. He did? Ooh, a little chest pain. Had a first rule in a crisis situation. You negotiate first. And you attack last. Well, you negotiate first, and then you attack. You never negotiated. Nah. You never negotiated. Who are you? Oh, I'm Vincent's brother. We're twins. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> you have no respect for logic. Okay. But he's got an axe. <laughs> and I have no respect for those with no respect for logic. You'll no respect for logic. You're a very <laughs> stupid person. You tell your brother he messes with me, he messes with my whole family. Squeezer, what's the last rule in the crisis situation? Duck. That's <laughs> when they drop the chains on him on the end. Oh, yeah. I was it's it, it as funny as the movie it is it ends with one of the most horrific deaths yeah. in, in a comedy like i guess like a ton, two tons of chains just dropped on him by chains yeah I, so when they go on the road then they stop somewhere and they're and and they're in this bar and he's like uh tonight is your night bro and danny devito's first of all danny devito is just the most charming wonderful actor ever he's so great mm-hmm. Back uh, when Always Sunny in Philadelphia came out, I watched the first season. I thought I was like ahead of it all, and like it was the greatest show ever. And when they oh, added, I loved it. When they added Danny DeVito, I'm like, "Fuck, they're gonna ruin it!" And that's what everyone else thought. And and, I, I remember that. I remember having that conversation. Like, man, they just it's it's going to Hollywood now. Yeah, and I cannot think of it without. He is the best character on the show. The best. Frank is like Fra- the show could not exist today without Frank Reynolds. Mm-hmm. He, the relationship with him and Charlie is, is, and of course they're all great and it couldn't exist without him. But without Frank, that was such a great addition to the, and he plays such a good sleazebag. It's fucking fun. And the fact that they're all like the best friends, including Danny DeVito, like him and Charlie mm-hmm. hang out in real life like all the time. All yeah. the time, it, it just makes you feel happy. Like they're not Hollywood douchebags. Mm-hmm. But he's so good in the, when he's dancing around and he's he's getting ready to go out and he's like, "Tonight is your night, bro," because he thinks that uh, Vincent's going to sleep with Marnie, <laughs> and he's like, "I don't know how to dance." 
And he's like, well, let me show you. And he's like, one, two, three, one, two. And Arnold's like, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. He's like, no, no, don't say one, two, three, one, two, three. That's, uh, and they're wearing the matching suits and the girls come in, the sisters come in the matching dresses. Oh, so 80s, so wonderful. <sighs> great, great show, a great movie, great movie. Twins, mm-hmm. I just wanted to wax poetic. Uh, I know they're talking about a, a sequel called Triplets with Eddie Murphy as the long lost third brother. <laughs> um,. As much as I would hate, like, just uh, the idea of it, like, hey, we're going to make a sequel to Twins called Triplets. No, I don't want to see it. But it's going to be Eddie Murphy. I'm like, right. all right, do it. Like, do it. At, 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 if that's the case, do it. Um, and, and from what I read, they all had, like, a blast working on this movie. And... Uh, I don't, I don't know. It just looks... The movie's just so much fun. It's a great... I think it, I think it shows through. It does. It does show that they're having a good time. And it, it opened up Arnold's career to... Like, we wouldn't have Kindergarten Cop without Mm-mm. without uh, twins. Yeah, if you think about it, all his movies before this... Like, he, he wasn't even acting in them. Like, he, play, he was Conan. Right. He was the Terminator. And, like, the closest you got to him, like, acting in a movie would have been, like predator yeah i guess it's like it, predator and commando were like the two movies where he was like played a person and not just a, a, a killing machine well, and then even even for that like most of the time he's like even predator he's not how much dialogue does he have once everyone else is killed off you know yeah i guess that's that's true like he's not so, like he has this is first the first movie like to stretch his range out of his comfort yeah. zone. Because then, like, Total Recall, he got after this, and that is, uh, I mean, that's a huge role. Like, it's he's you're actually acting now, you know? Yeah, yeah, and he's he has to play, like, he's a big, tough guy, but he has to be, like, mm-hmm. an enlightened, uh, smart twin to Danny DeVito, and like the whole, I never had nuked food. And he's like, through the lips, over the gums. Look at stomach here, comes. Yeah, and, but and be funny. Like who right. thought? Like how did they know that that was gonna? Like that had to have been a hell of a gamble. Yeah, and and I guess the New Line or whoever whoever did it needed a needed to know right away. Or Universal, Universal needed the deal because they're under a deadline. So they they made the deal on a napkin at lunch with agents. And uh, Danny DeVito had it framed. That's awesome. Napkin. Um, Because I would say this movie kind of changed. I mean, Danny DeVito was always funny, but Mm -hmm. I I, I think it. Yeah, where was he? You know, he was in Taxi. Up until that point. Yeah, I mean, Taxi was, he was uh, a big star there, but uh, Romancing the Stone, Jewel the Nile. All right, so throw Mama from the train. And then he had had Batman Returns. Yeah, I, I wouldn't that. even say like Batman Returns kind of. I would no, I I mean Jesus Christ, he no, I you can't, you just can't. I'm just going over the quick one, and it's like twins, Batman Returns. Throw Mama Junior, from a train. Get Shorty, uh, Matilda. I fucking loved him in Matilda. Yeah, he was great as a dad, that the piece of yeah. shit dad. Yeah, spinning, spinning back the odometer with the drill. Yep. Ah, oh, such a and and he was he was 
in Matilda with Rhea Perlman. Yeah. Who uh, 37 years, 30, th- going on 38 years later, they're still married. I thought they split. They were going to, right? Did they? Oh, I didn't. I thought they were. Uh... Renaissance Man. I remember seeing that movie. That was 93. Junior was his next movie with teaming up with I'm Irvin Wrightman and um, Arnold Schwarzenegger again, where they get Arnold pregnant. Um, LA Confidential. Oh, fucking one of my favorite movies, The Rainmaker. He plays Dex Shiflet. Mm-hmm. He's the paralegal who never got his past his bar. And then, you know, he had some movies. He was Man on the Moon. He produced it and he played George Shapiro because mm-hmm. he was good friends with Andy Kaufman. Uh, and then he was in a. Did f- you say Death to Smoochie? No. Did you De- say that? Death to Smoochie. I love that game. That's damn a, movie. a weird movie. It's such a weird movie. Of course I like it. Yeah. I, I, other people absolutely hated it. Um, but I, I, I love Death to Smoochie. Well, uh, and he directed it. Danny DeVito directed it. Oh, and Danny DeVito, fucking Danny DeVito's Jersey films were the ones who produced fucking uh, Pulp Fiction. I'm pretty sure. Hold on. I'm not seeing it. I thought he was. Ah, Pulp Fiction, executive producer. Get Shorty, Sunset Park, Feeling Minnesota, Gattaca. Mm-hmm. Like his, that movie. his Jersey films... <laughs> Ethan Hawke is dreamy. Garden State, which is one of my favorite fucking movies. Zach Braff, the Zach Braff picture. Mm-hmm. Gattaca is kind of like, um, uh, what's that fucking dystopian future movie? Uh, Gattaca? No, it's, it's a book. Uh, I can't, Aldous Huxley. Um, the Suxley. Oh, I got it. Uh, shit, where is it? It's on my bookshelf, actually. Uh, Brave New World. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. That's wow. a gotta go. Oh, yeah, I actually it. have. I've read it multiple. I've read a book. You know that. That's because you had to for school. No, because I wanted to. Yeah. Because I didn't get to read it in school. Oh, we played rocks and look who's talking now. The dog. Really? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so then he, you know, he had a few things, but then he joined Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and his career is just, he was great in the new Jumanji movie, which the next level I would recommend seeing. It was so much fun. Um, I hope they do more. And of course, it says they're in pre production for Triplets, which is the twin sequel with, um, Eddie Murphy as the long lost brother. To... He, he he seems to be getting more active again too. So, yeah, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, he was great. The SNL with him on it was so oh, much, so great, fantastic. I laughed that was... so hard. Yeah, it's me, Gumby. <laughs> In fact, he just started, just kept cursing. He you, fucking lit up a cigarette. You bastards! No, um, that was Dave Chappelle who lit up the cigarette. Oh, that's right. But well, he was with him on stage. But no, the cursing no, was uh, like he did it once, and then after he's like, eh, fuck it. So he just kept dropping a few more throughout the show. You bastard! Um, the the buckwheat as the uh, ma- mask yeah. singer. Uh, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood is still one of my favorite bits of all time, and that one didn't let me down. No, they're all my dad's favorites. Yeah. Um. 
and then the, to have Chappelle, uh, Tracy Morgan, uh, and uh, Chris Rock, and 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 Keenan Thompson come out it was just like I'm like those are the, the probably the funniest black men in Hollywood. Not even black men, funniest poor, men. Poor and Tim Meadows. Poor Tim. Tim Meadows is hysterical in my opinion. I got awesome blossom coming out of my nose. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was, uh, it was, and then, uh, Chappelle going half a Netflix budget on this stage right now. That was great. <laughs> great line, but great movie twins. And, um, don't forget the rules of the crisis situation. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. I'm getting it. Keep going. We'll be good. All right. Working here. Here is your next picture. Imagine seven million people all wanting to live together. New York must be the friendliest place on earth. Paul Hogan is Crocodile Dundee. Tonight, a legend from down under. Tonight, look, that New York may never get over. This is your first trip to New York. First trip anywhere. Well, we might just have to give you one for free. <laughs> yeah. On what? Crocodile Dundee. Starts Friday, September 26th at a theater near you. Check local newspaper for theaters and showtimes. Crocodile right. Dundee. <laughs> this movie. Um, so there, there was talk about doing a remake. No. Um, with who? Uh, who the hell oh, knows? Oh, I know him perfectly. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, I believe it was one of Hemsworths. It has to be Chris. He's the funny yeah. one. Um. And then, uh, then there's the outcry. Uh, so this movie was made in 1986. It's a fish out of water movie starring Paul uh, Paul Hogan. Paul Hogan. That <clears throat> I was choking on myself. <clears throat> uh, they don't own the land. Okay. They belong yeah. to it. Who? Uh, I mean, this really like launched his movie career and launched him into international fame. Before that, he was a local. He was an Australian guy. Uh, he had his, a show down there, um, and then him and his producer, like they created Crocodile Dundee, and it became a monster. And it was also part of like the '80s America Loves Australia fad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we sneaking up on a man uh, when he's rendering first aid to a lady. <laughs> <laughs> so. It, a lot of people now in high, here's the problem. We take modern conceptions and opinions and you try to apply it to something that was made like 34 years ago. That's not really fair because otherwise you're going to go around and go, look, it's Crocodile Dundee. It's a racist, homophobic, transphobic, it, sexist. It is all those things. The fact that when, when he's like, he's hitting on the girl, and he's like, that's a guy. And he goes over and just grabs, and now, I, uh, this is where I'm going to get in trouble. We don't know. Is this just a, a gentleman in drag? Is it something more? But anyway, he grabs this person by the genitals, and he gives him a squeeze, and then goes, it's a guy. But the best though is when it follows up later and he's at a party and there's a gentleman there who he then does the same, just, oh, this worked before, I'll do it again. 
everyone's offended. And he's like, it's like there's something about, you know, oh, sorry, he's from Australia. And they walk away. And the guy goes, oh, I have to go to Australia. Oh, it had me cracking up. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. Because this is a show about comedy, so I'm going to be honest with you. Because if you're going to go back and you want to rewatch Crocodile Dundee, if you want to watch just the first 45 minutes of a movie and laugh your ass off, or if you have a choice, no, not laugh your ass off. If you have a choice between watching two movies, the first 45 minutes, and you want to laugh, and it's between Crocodile Dundee and Saving Private Ryan, go watch the first 45 minutes of Saving Private Ryan if you want to get a laugh. <laughs> what? Two beers, Ida. One for me and one for me, mate. <laughs> and, that, and that's it. Your stuffed croc on the bar. And then, and then that's it. It's so slow. I went back. I haven't watched two is this better. in years. Two is better. I watched two on an airplane. Now I that's a knife. I watched it. I watched two on the way down to Florida when we went to Disney back in like '96 or something. Um, oh well, that, and that's the I, the iconic line. Um, it is. It's very slow to start. Um, until he gets basically till he gets to New York, and then it's like, oh. Now we do our fish out of water comedy movie, and he, and he kills it. Um, a city of other, five million people all living in such close quarters. This must be the happiest place on earth. Right? Yeah. That's what he yep. says when after Welcome to New York, something like that. Yep. Um. Uh. Sue uh, Charlton, who he then went on to marry, or well, Linda Kozlowski, who played Sue Charlton. Uh. He went on uh, uh, to marry her uh, for a while. For a while. Um, they got the. He, he even admitted in a recent interview, he's like, ah, I'm not very good at being a husband. Um, he's also not very good at being a, uh, paying his taxes either. Flat out um, like a lizard drinking. Yeah. There's been. He spent the, like the last like 15 years just fighting Australia because I guess he never reported any of this. Um, Yeah, this is a knife. There's so many little iconic things that, uh, like, entered it just instantly entered the zeitgeist because we were obsessed with Australia. Um, and even like just just that you wanted that guy. It was the closest thing to getting like a cowboy. You know what I mean? You wanted that uh, that that gritty. I'm a Desiree Dave, not a cowboy. <laughs> well. There, it, it, he's such. He's just. Here's the thing. He is a nice guy. And so you take all that uh, piggish, sexist, racist stuff. My favorite scene in the movie, and I think it's funnier, even funnier now when you realize how even how even more wrong it is. So, this is like the first big role for like Reginald Vell Johnson, Carl from Family Matters, and. Yeah, Sergeant Powell from Die Hard, you know. So he was in a couple movies before this. In fact, he was even in Ghostbusters. He was one of the yeah, prison guards. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. The mayor wants to see you. Yeah. So this is the first time that he gets to be in a couple scenes, and he plays. Um, he's a limo driver, and Mick Dundee gets out, and he immediately he just asked him what tribe he's in and 
the look on his face of just a little bit like he's instantly like offended, but the horror that comes with it, like this is this is really happening right now. But then they become best of buds, and actually Carl goes on to save him with his car, just like Die Hard. Um, but that little exchange is I was just rolling because I it might have been funny then. Like, oh, that's not what you're supposed to say. That's not true. Now it's like, wow, that's really offensive. But it's really well done. What's the line? Um, just when she says that croc was going to eat me alive or eat me, that croc was going to eat me. He's like, well, I wouldn't hold that against him. Same thought <laughs> crossed my mind once or twice. And she gets all like, she gets like the vapors and she's like, yeah. Good night, Mac. <laughs> oh, oh uh, yeah, and then she went, she want to put her arm around. There's that awkward. Yeah, it's this weird romantic comedy kind of thing without any of the humor in like yeah. the first. It is a romantic comedy. Yeah. I mean, and even and the, the and the last scene like in the subway, it, it, it is adorable. Like him just screaming and it, the whole idea that New Yorkers are a bunch of assholes and no one's going to help you out and it's just just you're the, the, I think, and the imagery of it was supposed to be like the sheep in the herd kind of yeah. thing down the subway tunnel. But the, they had their moment, and everyone's like, oh, and then he's climbing over them and stuff like that. It's it's super sweet and adorable. And it, it really is, like, it, it fit right into that Australian obsessive time. And, I mean, this was probably, like, I would say this is like the keystone of that, yeah, the crocodile Dundee yeah. movies. The I like uh, when the crocodile has he's he has a knife through the crocodile skull. Is it dead? Well, if it isn't, I'm gonna have a hell of a job skinning <laughs> the bastard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul Hogan won a Golden Globe for this. What? Yeah, he did. They give those out like Tic Tacs. Yeah, well, they do. Um. And it was the second. It made eight million dollars opening weekend. You got a light, buddy. Yeah. That that that's sure, good. kid. <laughs> and your wallet. <laughs> Mick, give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. That's not a knife. <laughs> that's a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> um. Yeah. It was one big commercial spoony before. That's not a knife. That's a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen you play knifey spoony before. Yeah. Come to Australia. See the didgeridoo and the and half the country, uh, the continent, half the continent burning. I know that's kind of insensitive. Please donate because yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. yeah Things true. are going on. Uh, there's a lot of ways to donate and give money. That's hard. The poor little animals. Like if people are burning, so what? People are the worst. But animals. You can you can, you can give money to radiers. Yes. Dot com, and we will make sure that those koalas, um, kangaroos, and crocodiles and koalas. Yeah, I, I don't have anything set up on radiers.com, so don't go there. But I'm sure no. there's a place you can go with little effort. You could find a place to help the tragedy. I'm being serious. Squeezer, I think are you, are you, you're telling me to go do this now. Yeah, go ahead. We'll take a I few wanna, minutes. I wanna, go I donate wanna, money. I, I, I wanted to get a new thermos. The wild bushfires. I know you're gonna 
You're like, ah, I don't want to. I don't want to donate two dollars to this cause. I'm gonna but spend forty dollars on a thermos. Fifty dollars on a on a forty six dollars on a lunch. Yeah, round it up. It's fifty on a lunch. It's Japanese. It's fancy. A lunch pail. Yeah. Mm, well, lunch is important here. Well, lunch isn't. Maybe when they ship it from Japan. They'll have a layover in Australia, and they get to collect a little bit of that tax. So I did my part. Hey, I watched Crocodile Dundee. Does that count? You did your part. I like I like Mad Max. Foster's. Australian for beer. Yeah, this is how people made their opinions on Australia. It was Mad Max, uh, this, uh, Foster's, Foster's commercial. commercials, and, and Men Without Hats. Oh, yeah, Men Without Hats. Well... I'm a huge Colin Malloy fan. Wait, is Colin Malloy the lead singer of... Uh, uh, what the fuck is Colin Malloy? Not Colin Malloy. Colin... Uh, no, man with... Uh, I know who you meant, too. He was here not too long ago. I missed it. Googling oh, it's not Men Without them. Hats. I'm not thinking. That's the safety dance. Yeah. Who are you thinking? No, they're from Canada. Men Without Hats? Yeah. Men at <laughs> Work is who you're thinking of. Oh, I'm thinking Men at Work. And that's Colin um, Colin Hay. Colin Hay. Uh, Colin thing. Hay's solo uh, stuff is fucking fantastic. And I'm a man at work. You come from a London under. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Like I got men without hats confused. Yeah, men without hats is you could dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. Cause if your friends don't dance and if they don't dance without no friends of mine. You understand my confusion though, because Australia and Canada are pretty much the same thing to us. <laughs> Just one's older than the other. True. That's true. Colin A. Uh, although although if there was a giant fire in Canada like there was in Australia, believe me, we would be doing our best job. To like just, we'd be digging so far. We're trying to like cut it off so it would break away and float away. No, no, Canada's where we shoot cheap Hollywood at. We can't get rid of that. Well, if it's on fire. Yeah, I don't think Canada could like go on fire. It's just too cold. No, cause it's too, yeah, it's too cold. Yeah, cause cause that's how fire works. If it's cold, fire doesn't work. Well, it's precipitous as well, Squeezer. You jerk. It is. Well, yeah, but then it dries the atmosphere. But you, you know what? They, they're in the. They're surrounded by an. Their country is an island. Just splash some yeah, water on it's it. It's an island the size of the United States. Yeah. All right. So let's send them some big buckets. I'm being insensitive. You're here. being insensitive. They That's need what I, our support. Well, so was Mick Dundee. You got to give that. Fucking fifty dollar lunch pail money to Australia now because of that. Because of your insensitivity. Mm, I'll think about it. All right, we'll think about it. All right. Good pick, Squeeze. Thanks. Here is my number three, uh, and it's it's a good one. Eddie Murphy, I am Aki, Arsenio Hall. Ah! Eddie Murphy. Arsenio Hall. I feel good. The most outrageous surprise of the year. The most hilarious movie of the summer. I want to tear you apart. Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. And your friend soon. Are all 
Coming to America, a comedy in disguise. Rated R. Now playing at theaters everywhere. Ah, what a great movie, Coming to America. Uh, this movie's perfect. And he announced on SNL they finished shooting Coming to America 2. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. This was the first movie in a, uh, a string of films with Eddie Murphy that he would play multiple characters, him and Arsenio Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, he This was the first time he did it, and then he would go on to do it, Vampire in Brooklyn, uh, the Nutty Professor movies, and then uh, Norbit. Uh, which I I do like all those movies. John Landis, uh, the second in the Landis first, which is two now three movies. Um, it was Trading Places and Coming to America. These were linked, and I was so excited as a kid when I figured out they were linked because uh, the actors who played uh, Mortimer and um, the Duke brothers, I forget the other, Mortimer and the fuck's the other Duke brother? Well, the other Duke brother, the other white guy in uh, the John Landis movie, which is another fantastic movie with Eddie Murphy called Trading Places, which we talked about on this uh, show before. Uh, so they're in it and they're as uh, uh, it takes place after Trading Places. So they're bankrupt. Spoilers. Uh, Randolph, Mortimer and Randolph Duke. And um, they're on the street and... The money that Sime sends for so that they could uh, like uh, live like they're richer, wealthier people. He takes mm-hmm. a big wad of cash and he drops it in their lap. And they're like, Mortimer, Mortimer. And he's like, oh, I'm not talking to you, Randolph. And he's like, we're back. And he holds up the big wad of cash to him. Uh, hmm. You never knew that? I did. It, it's just, it doesn't, it, yeah. So, um mcdowell's is the restaurant and it's not mcdonald's uh they mm-hmm. have uh two all beef patties pickles a special sauce and cheese onions on a mcdonald's would use a sesame seed bun mcdowell's see no seeds on their bun and it had uh um, one of the best commercials for a fake product ever in a movie and i will play that you for you now all the things you always wanted to be beautiful sexy easy as one two three just let your soul go just let it shine through just let your It's a Jer Curl activator and uh, the, the the shot with grandma, dad, and mom on the couch and they get up and the grease stains are left behind. <laughs> That's so great. And then um, all the barbers in the barbershop and the Jewish man, they're all played by Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, uh, Clint Smith, and Cuba Gooding Jr. And it's great. What is this, velvet? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Eddie Murphy, the old Jewish man. I said, uh, uh, there's something wrong with my soup. What's wrong with my soup? He's like, I, I don't know. Is there, is it taste wrong? No, it's wrong with my soup. And he, I just taste it. He goes, is there, 
Is there a, a fly? No, is there something wrong with my soup? Just taste it. Is it cold? I said just taste it. Okay, where's the spoon? Aha. Aha. I heard that, uh, I, I didn't hear, I, I know for a fact that uh, the voice of, um, I'm like brain dead at, Two four twelve forty five and nine. Uh, the voice of uh, Darth Vader. Oh yes, James Earl Jones reprises his role of the King of Zamunda, uh, ah. Jaff, Jaffe Jaffer, um, in this movie. So, uh, it, okay, just to give a premise, everyone who hasn't seen it, seen it. It's a, Eddie Murphy plays a prince of Zamunda, and he, him and his best friend, and I guess his bodyguard Semi, played by. Arsenio Hall, who's hysterically funny in this, uh, go to America because he wants to sow his royal oats. Uh, But in his mind, he wants to find a bride and fall in love. He goes to Queens. That's where you'll find your queen. (laughs) And um, uh, they they go there, and he wants to live like a a normal man, so they're forced to live poor, and they get a job at McDowell's, and he falls in love with McDowell's daughter, and she's dating the heir of Soul Glow, who has money, but he's she's more in love with him because he's sweet and he's he's very um, I don't know he's he's just very uh, oh man he's he's so Eddie Murphy he's, he's got that charm that that comes through so well in that last SNL that like mm-hmm. that smile on that like oh like that that Food Network ep- like bacon contest where the cake had the human <laughs> teeth the sonic hedgehog and it came to life and it's speaking in tongues and it's speaking in his mother's <laughs> he's like shut up we can win this <laughs> uh it's he's just so like he's so great at that um great movie uh another fun clip i pulled one more uh because it's one of the first ever Movies featuring this man who you wouldn't believe it that it took this long for this guy to become become famous. That's Samuel L. Jackson. Louis Anderson's fat boy come works on. at McDowell's with him. Anybody move, I'll blow your fucking head off. What are you looking at, buddy? Come on! Stop stalling! And then, uh, Eddie, as Prince... Don't stall me! All of it! Starts taking the broom handle off the mop. The mop handle, I guess. Excuse me for a moment. It would be wise for you to put the weapon down. Who the fuck is this asshole? <laughs> Please refrain from using any further obscenities in the presence of these people. What? I've warned you. I'll be forced to thrash you. Fuck <laughs> you! Freeze, you diseased rhinoceros pizzle. Diseased rhinoceros pizzle. 
How great is that, though? Because he's basically... As if you were doing a parody of Samuel L. Jackson now. Yeah, right. Yeah. He was doing yeah. that before there was that character. Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Great movie. Uh, give it a watch. It's fun, and there's so many good clips. Is there a release date for uh, two? Not that I'm aware of, but it can't come soon enough. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Here is Squeezer's third pick, a movie I saw kind of once and wasn't big on, but so you also have to sell me here. Blasphemy. Hello? Who is it? It is King Arthur, and these are my knights of the round table. Whose castle is this? This is the castle of my master, Guido Go and tell your master that we have been charged by God with a sacred quest. If he will give us food and shelter for the night, he can join us in our quest for the Holy Grail. Well, I'll ask him, but I don't think he'll be very keen. Uh, he's already got one, you see. What? He says they've already got one. Are you sure he's got one? Oh, yes, it's very nice. I told him we already got one. <laughs> well, um, can we come up and have a look? Of course not! You are English types, sir. Well, what are you, then? I'm French! Why do you think I have this outrageous accent, you silly king? What are you doing in England? Mind your own business! If you will not show us the grail, we shall take your castle by force. You don't frighten us, English pig dogs! Go and boil your bottom, sons of a silly person! Ah, blow my nose at you, so-called Arthur King. You and all your silly English knickets. What a strange person. Now look here, my good man. I don't want to talk to you no more, you empty-headed animal food trough whopper. I in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. Is there someone else up there we could talk to? No, now go away or I shall taunt you a second time. <laughs> <laughs> My father did smell smelt of elderberries. Uh, your mother was a hamster? Uh, John Cleese as uh, the taunting French guard uh, might be my oh, favorite. Oh, that was John Cleese. I love John Cleese. As John Cleese, uh, John Cleese played uh, yeah the taunting French guard. Um, he was the second guard uh, in the beginning when they're talking about the swallows. Oh, so they kind of did like a kids in the hall thing. Oh, they yeah they played every so many roles yeah. So Graham Chapman played King Arthur. He was the voice of God. He was the middle head and the three-headed knight and the hiccuping guard. Uh, John Cleese uh, played one of the guards in the Swallow Conversation. He was a black knight. He was one of the peasants. He was Sir Lancelot for the bulk of it, who would then uh, be arrested. Um, the taunting French guard. And he was also Tim the Enchanter. Again, one of my favorite characters uh, with the big, sharp, pointy teeth. Uh, Eric Idle was uh, the dead collector, Sir Robin, um, and uh, Roger the Shrubber. Uh, and Terry Gillum is Patsy the Green Knight and uh, Sir Bors. 
Did Terry Gilliam direct Ter- this too? Yeah, so th- that's why Terry Gilliam because he was the director and, of the group. Yeah, Terry Gilliam and Terry um, uh, Terry Jones directed it together, and that's why like their roles are a little more limited. And then Michael Palin's the Swallow Guard, Right Headed Knight, Sir Galahad, um, and uh, the Knight Who Says Knee. Uh, I just, I, I watched this movie so much. Probably, if I look at our list, and all your list, uh, out of all the comedies I go through, I've probably seen this one more, over and over and over again from the first time I saw it when I was a little kid. Because hmm. uh, my my dad loved it. My dad and my uncle were obsessed with Monty Python. See, my dad um, was obsessed with um, early SNL, like this, the, like we said, the Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. And he was obsessed with all those guys, yeah. so that's why I oh, saw... Oh, they, they were too. I mean, it wasn't... Uh, they weren't. It wasn't like, oh, we were sticking to our British fellow. No, nah, he really, he really wasn't in. But I was more into, like, Canadian humor. Like, Kids in the Hall struck me early. So, yeah. I've seen Brain Candy, their movie, like fifty mm-hmm. times. But um, not, not, yeah, not this, this is enough. just, I, I absolutely, I, I, I love this damn movie. Every, every scene, like I can just go through and list them all, even just from. Like the opening credits, um, and I mean, I know I said it was directed by uh, Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones, but it was also directed by uh, I have I have it all written down here. Uh, Forty specially trained Ecuadorian mountain llamas, six Venezuel- Venezuelan red llamas, one hundred forty-two Mexican whooping llamas, fourteen North Chilean guancos, cl- closely related to llamas. Uh, uh, Reg Llama of Brixton, 76,000 battery llamas from Llama Fresh Farms Limited near Paraguay, wow. and Terry Gillum and Terry Jones. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm easy. I like the silly. And this movie is about as silly as it gets. And now we talk about how Billy Madison, the plot and story really didn't matter. It didn't take... It, it took me a long time to realize... This isn't like a structured movie, like a uh, plot climax, all, all you know, the the rise and fall, and it is merely an hour and a half or so of sketches related to the King Arthur myth tied together into a story. It really is. It, it's basically an hour and a half long sketch show for them. But it's really well done, and and some people have complained about this, like, oh, well, there's no, there's no structure to this. No, it's a fucking comedy movie from a bunch of guys that are, you know, it's a stand-up troupe, it's a mm-hmm. comedy troupe that do that do short sketches, and so the brilliance of it is like they they can go in and hit you with these jokes, and then move on, and then set up the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and they just hammer at you one after the other, and I think. There's very little downtime for me. I every one of them. I, I'm a giggly little mess. And I went through and I haven't watched it. It's probably been a year or two. Since I sat and watched it, and I just watched. I actually finished it right before we got the show because I had to. Last night was a little rough. People were crying. Then I cried. We all cried. Then Maggie cried. Um, the bring out your dead scene 
is a class. So did you ever, you saw the whole thing? Uh, my friends you, would you, watch it. And I was like, ah, I don't like Manny Python. So uh, I've seen you see it though. I've seen in college. Ah, uh, that was like what twenty yeah, years ago. Yeah, I, I know you're right. I probably should watch it again. Um, I was saying as a joke, but it's forgetting. What did you there, say? Aren't we? Twenty years ago. I said twenty years ago. It was twenty years ago. There. No, we're not getting there. It was. Jesus Christ, we're old. Yeah. Oh shit. Where, where did I saw there is a meme. I saw it's funny. It's like, wow, 2020, that's weird. That means 2000 was 20 years ago. Or 2020 means 2000 was 20 years ago. That That's weird because 1980 was also 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. In the year 2000. In the year 2000. <laughs> Remember those sketches on Conan? Oh, my God. Yeah, and that was before the year 2000, wasn't it? Yep. And they did them after, but they were huge before. They did afterwards, uh, but even before, like, yeah. Um, they, God, they were mainly was... funny before when they put those weird outfits in, in the year yeah. 2000. The bust the flashlights out. Yeah. Um, and whenever you just want some blatant humorous violence, you have it here as well. You got you got the Black Knight getting dismembered. Uh, who, uh, it's merely a flesh wound. It's merely a flesh wound, madame. Is this with the bunny with the fucking teeth? Uh, yeah, well, that's also, uh, that, that's later on that the, uh, yeah, the killer rabbit who, uh, Tim the Enchanter, I am an enchanter. My name is Tim. And yes, he takes him to see the bunny and the bunny just wrecks them and, uh, rips Boris's throat off and decapitates him. Uh, and then also the, the, if there is any little plot to the story, it's the police investigation. <clears throat> When about a third in the movie, we meet a historian that's doing a little dialogue telling you about the history of uh, King Arthur and the knights at the round table. When a knight rides by and cuts his throat in a gory spurt of blood, which then results in, I'm laughing at this, um, the a police investigation, which then ends the movie because they... Uh, uh, the knights get arrested at the end and uh, for the murder of the historian. And that's how the movie ends. Hmm. It's a very much, it's, it's almost, almost up there with uh, a food fight in a, in a, in a cafeteria. Yeah. Uh, but that's why it, it doesn't matter. Like there wasn't supposed to be an ending to this movie. It was just, like, all right, we had all these sketches. We're done now, so let's end it. The cops load him up in the paddy wagon. The one cop shoves his hand in the camera's face, and they go to black, and that's the end of the movie. I mean, you're talking to me. I would definitely do that. Oh, it's fucking... It's 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 fantastic. You got the Knights Husseini. You got the three-headed giant. Um, I, I forgot how funny, too, the... I, the well, okay, I forgot how funny it was. Um... John Cleese, I, I think, steals it as Lancelot. Because when he, he goes, there's... Do you remember the, the wedding scene? The the, the uh, maid in peril who he goes to rescue. And he butchers an entire wedding, including all the bridesmaids in the process. Mm -mm. And he, he kills probably like 50 people at this wedding. Um, before the king then invites him to marry into the family the bride and then throws his own son out the window 
who then comes back uh, from the dead and uh, sings a song about it. It's fantastic. Hmm. I I I watched it like I said just now, and I hadn't seen it about two years before that. I probably saw this movie, I don't know, ad nauseum, over and over again. I would I'd watch it and I'd rack it back and watch it again. Um, Love Monty Python and the Holy Girl. I completely forgot. Holy shit, that's right. Seventh grade, we had to do one of those art projects where you, the, you do the whole, the the grid paint, the grid copying kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And I did mine. Mine was the movie poster for Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Ooh. I could have done Ghostbusters and gotten an A. That was easy. Instead, I do the, the most complex little detailed bunch of knights and flags in a cup in the hand of God up in the sky. Yeah, it's... I have no artistic ability to draw. If you put a gun in my head and say, draw a circle, I'll just pull the trigger for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as drawing goes, I really don't. I'd pull the trigger on myself, too. Uh, but uh, we did a linoleum cut. And this is what a bad... Yeah, I'm just going to lose all our fans here. We get that piece of wood with the linoleum on it, and you have to carve out a drawing, and then you put ink on it, and you print posters off of it. Oh, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we did a linoleum cut, and I did Dan Kendra's Sports Illustrated cover. I Damn. Know. I know, I'm such a bad... Out of all the stuff I could have done... It seems like a lot of work. It was a lot of work. I did a pretty good <laughs> job, too, on it. Ah, yeah. uh, I did, uh, to be ironic and funny, when we did uh, screen printing and we had to cut the that green stuff. You know oh, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. did I did Shaq Fu, the Shaq Fu cover. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. I have a mirror somewhere with Shaq Fu and a bunch of posters. Because uh, you could you could do whatever you want. You buy like three dollars for a mirror, you five dollars for a T-shirt, but the poster poster boards for free. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We did a lot of like in, in junior high, like it was like we did so much stuff between art. Like I made jewelry. I made the Smashing Pumpkins heart with SP in it in jewelry class out of copper and silver. Mm-hmm. We made a giant life-size Stegosaurus out of uh, milk gallon uh, milk jugs. Just and like I, I learned to rebuild a lawnmower engine. Yeah, uh, we made we made like cannon cannons that looked like dildos out of a lathe with aluminum. Exactly. I made basketball hoops. I made all these little like those little penny games yeah. or like the little like basketball games and shit. I, I made a hockey one. I made a basketball one just out of metal. In ninth grade, this shows you where we were. I made. For my friend who like, loved it, she it was for a girl. I made the Tommy Hilfiger logo, sandblasted into wood, painted for her in in uh, shop class. Oh, how'd that work out? It did. I got uh, all right tongue from that. It's fine. Ew. Like like we made out with tongues. Nice. Don't say ew. It was sweet. That's gross. Girls are gross. <laughs> But yeah, that like I don't know if they do that. Like I did so much in junior high. We 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 did like you had so many. Yeah, classes. and then I got to high school, and then it's like sit here for eight hours every day for the next four right. Years. Cause it's like if you take any of these classes, you'll be because they make you take these classes in in junior high. Yeah. But if you elect to take them in high school, you're a like a 
dropout, weirdo, druggy yeah. loser. In hindsight, I'm telling my kid, any class where you can be hands-on with something and learn a skill, do it. Like, luckily, my senior year, I was in the brand-new high school, and they had a television studio, and I was yeah. in the bro- I was the vice president of the broadcasting club, and I spent my entire senior year, I guess, luckily, is... Yeah, I would say luckily. Yeah. Now I, now I would say luckily. Uh, four and a half months ago, I wouldn't. But... Yeah. Uh, l- luckily, I decided to spend my entire senior year, an entire senior year, in that studio. Yep. So, yeah. Here's my next pick. Another great movie. Have a good time tonight! 20th Century Fox invites you, even though you're a goon, to live it up. With the Lone Rangers, there's three of you. You're not exactly lone. No idea what you're saying right now. So grab a ticket. I know the procedure. Cancel your plans. Oh boy, I made an appointment with my proctologist. And join the party. I don't want anything. I just don't want to go outside. Airheads, rated PG-13. Parents strongly cautious. Sneak preview tomorrow. So Airhead Squeezer, this movie is hysterical. One of my favorites. And is the first time Adam Sandler and Steve Buscemi appeared in a movie together, starting off a long list of uh, collabor- 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 collaborations? Collaborations? Collaborations. Collaborations. I got it. Sometimes, like... I'm not going to say you're right. I prefer you just keep going and... <laughs> Sometimes you could say a word a million times, but when you think about it, you're like, collaborations? <laughs> Collaborate. <laughs> Today, what couldn't I say? There was a word I couldn't say tonight, and I just gave up. Characteristics. I could not say that tonight. There you go. And I, I just nailed it right there, but I could not say it at, at uh, the game tonight. I was talking to our friend Azzy, and I could not say characteristics. I was like, character. <laughs> just kind of trail <laughs> off and hope they don't notice. Yeah. <laughs> Transition right into the next sentence. Oh. This stars Brendan Fraser. Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler as the Lone Rangers, <laughs> and uh, they uh, they work. Uh, uh, Steve Buscemi and uh, Adam Sandler. Uh, Adam Sandler and Pip the pool boy, but they work in a toy store. Uh, I think Rex does Steve Buscemi's character, and you see like a couple of, like cool toys. You see like the Crash Dummy, like uh, like a Velcro breakable Bud Bud Buddy toys. And he has these squirt guns that look like real guns. And they decide to, like, go break into the radio station and get them to play their song as, like, a real stick-up. And they wound up mm-hmm. getting real guns. And if, if you're looking at this parking lot in this building, and it seems familiar, but not too familiar, but kind of familiar. It's filmed at Fox Plaza 2121, Avenue of the Stars in Century City. The building shares a parking lot. With the one Nakatomi Plaza and Die Hard. Oh, snap. Uh, th- this movie's so fun. There's so many like pop culture references. It's so 90s. Beavis and Butthead call in on the one thing, on the one when, when they're playing the song. Uh, mm-hmm. Adam Sandler's hysterical as Pip. Uh, the, woman, the, the, the woman who's the receptionist in the movie is playing a Sega Game Gear when they come into the fucking building. Like this is like nine... it's almost like the, yeah they made a pop culture movie like they, they made they... something that we would make now for nostalgia purposes right but they were just the making it at the time yeah. and 
uh, Steve, uh, I'm sorry, Chris Farley's in it, and he, it's the first time he ever does this, great, grand, wonderful. <laughs> uh, he plays the cop underneath one of the two Ghostbusters who are in this movie, Ernie Hudson, who I think is a fantastic actor and should have gotten more work. Mm-hmm. He plays the cop alongside Chris Farley, and um, uh, Harold Ramis plays the fake FBI agent, uh, well, the real FBI agent who's faking that he's a record record executive, and uh, and this famous line, I only have one clip from the movie. Here you go. What are they trying to pull now? Well, they're messing with their heads. Jazz! Jazz! Guys! Hey, Jazz, let me in! Keep an eye on them! Jazz! Hey, guys, Jazz, let me in! Who are you? Chris Moore, Capitol Records, A&R. Come on, let me in! I told you, man, things are going our way. Take a few steps back from the door! You tossed me some ID! Hey, hey. All right, man, so how'd you find us? The cops told me you guys are looking for a record contract. There's something going on here. We've got to take immediate advantage of, guys. Yeah, Come on, let's talk, huh? Yeah, what's that? What's that? Will you look? This is hot. You guys are the hottest thing since Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Marky Mark? Man, that guy sucks. Okay, forget Marky Mark. There's magic out here, guys. Let's talk contracts. I promise you, someday we're going to be backstage at the Forum laughing about this. All right, let me ask you a question. What side are you taking the big David Lee Roth Van Halen split? What do you mean? What kind of question is that? What side did you take, Halen or Roth? Van Halen. He's a cop. Oh, come on, Oink, oink. Strictly a judgment call. They sold a lot of records after Dave left the group. Come on, one more question. Hey, come on, Jazz, one more. Right, 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 right. Who'd win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. God. Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. It's time to play the game. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so good. Let me just that. This movie is so funny. I remember as soon as this came out on DVD, I bought it back in the day. I could watch this over and over. Uh, I, I I have this. Uh, it's 1994, and a lot of good movies came out in 1994. No one considers this a good movie, but I do. I fucking love this movie. Um, I think it's hysterical. I think it's. Really funny. I think Brendan Fraser is a better actor than we all give him credit for. We all know Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler are great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the poster is funny for the time. Like if you look at the poster, like Brandon Fraser is front and center. It's like a, it's like a band Adam poster. Sandler and Steve Buscemi are like winged off them with the the height charts for prison yeah. behind them. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, like at the time, it's like uh, 1994. Brendan Fraser is. I oh, mean, he was the star of this movie. Yeah, yeah. monster. Yeah, yeah. And and again, it, it sucks that he kind of fell off because I think he uh, those mummy movies are great. And then when they tried to recapture that uh, magic, they couldn't. And Joe Montana as Ian the Shark, Michael Richard. Oh, I, I was gonna say he was so awesome. Like he he. Well, he is. He's like the narrator in the movie. It kind of yeah. everything kind of kind of circulates around him. When he when as soon as he gives his stamp, basically a stamp of approval, to and then like Michael McKean playing Milo Jackson, the mm-hmm. like the the fucking worm of the movie, and David Arcade is card of the guy who just wants to be cool, and actually he runs out and then he tries to get him to let him back in. Uh, Michael Richards who plays the executive Doug Beach. He's hysterical, Beach. Be- uh, come on, Beach. <laughs> and he's, you know, uh, Judd Nelson, who plays Jimmy Wing. The Judd Nelson is harsh, the record executive. Uh, I forget who plays the cop. 
that keeps talking the wing and he's talking about his wife leaving or up to beach and he's talking about his wife leaving him. Who the hell is that? I I don't know, but but there's a lot of good uh acting power in this movie and um I think uh if you have not seen it, you will unlike uh Cro- Crocodile Dundee you will get a few good laughs if you. I gotta go. Not that I need to go get it, because I I think I have all of these somewhere. But the soundtrack to this is awesome. Oh yeah, they even mentioned Mo- Motorhead with Ice T, with Phil Green, Four Non Blondes, White Zombie, Degeneration, Primus, Anthrax, Candlebox, Dig, Prong, The Lone Rangers, and then Stuttering John. Yeah, Stuttering John's uh, in it, yeah. Yeah. And he's uh, in the movie. Sick, and, and, Stuttering John uh, Melendez. Ramones. Yeah. So Rex gives Ian the CD, and he tells him to play the track, uh, which is I'm the One by Van Halen, performed by Four Non Blondes. He goes, play track two. It's I'm the One by Van Halen, performed by Four Non Blondes. And uh, that's on the soundtrack. Yeah, Stutter- I forgot Stuttering. Until you said that, I forgot Stuttering John was in this movie. <laughs> he's in the crowd outside. Ah! If you're a Howard Stern fan, we should. I don't know. You weren't the biggest fans in the day, so I don't know. Can you do a Howard Stern episode? No, I wouldn't be able to. I know. I just want an excuse to get a high. I listen to the comp. I listen to the other guys. Opie and Anthony. But before Opie and Anthony were even a thing, I was listening to Howard Stern. Well, I listened to Howard before then too. You know, and then... Right, and you watched the E show when you saw the movie. So you oh, of probably, course, you yeah, could... we watch the E show all the time. Yeah, you could do a sh- you could do a show. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I it, it, the fact that I listen every day doesn't mean that we can't do a radio show. That radios would be like the E show, the pay per view specials, the fucking book, the movie, um, Son of the Beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there's there's room for it. I just want to get I just want to pay high pitch Eric to do a, a cameo. That's my bit. God, sometimes I could do a really good high pitch, and sometimes I it it, it lacks. Ah, that's all right. If, if Eric the act, act actor was still alive and doing cameos, I would get I would I would you'd have to like send me to rehab because I'd be buying one a day. Ryan, <laughs> it's is Eric, the actor, saying hello and go fuck yourself. <laughs> He's in my mind, in Jimmy Kimmel's mind too, the greatest whackpacker in the world. Better than Hank the Drunken Dwarf and Beetlejuice. Ooh, wow. All right. Uh, all right, here is your... Oh, God, I can't. Next pick. Dumb, lacking mental power. So you'll pick me up tonight at 7.45? Why don't we make it quarter to eight? (laughs) Okay, 7.45. Dumb and Dumber, rated PG-13. Starts Friday. When are we ever going to catch a break? We're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. There's a town about three miles that way. I'm sure you'll find a couple guys there. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Ah! 
McDaniels. <laughs> For these guys, every day... Dance to the beat of a different drummer boy! ...is a no-brainer. <laughs> Dumb. Good day, mate. And dumber. I'm a limo driver. <laughs> Ready PG-13. Starts Friday, December 16th. Oh, God, I love this movie. Uh, Go ahead. Have at it. Just a... Hey, what a great accent. Where's that from? I'm Austrian. Well, good eye, mate. Throw another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> Big gulp, say. Oh, man. So, well, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> is there... I don't know if there's a movie that is consistently just throughout. It just hit you, hit you, hit you, hit you constantly. It's just hilarious. We've got no like, food. No, no... We've got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> oh, poor Petey. Pretty girl. Uh, pretty girl. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Yeah, I mean, is there anything? Like, I, look, er, everything, you have to take a breath every now. There has to be some kind of downtime, right? This movie is just relentless. <laughs> Relentlessly stupid, if you ask some people. Not me. Well, exactly. And, and uh, that's, I think, why it's... Is it is it as dumb as they say it is, or I, I think they just don't get it? Where like did you, you can't get this? just you can't separate. I'm sorry, it doesn't have to. It's not some kind of smart, high-minded humor. No, it's fucking stupid. I traded the van back for it, straight up. So it gets 36 <laughs> miles or 86 miles a gallon. You know, Lloyd, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself. Still going to Aspen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, to, to do something this dumb, you have to be smart. I like, never, you have, you, have you seen the sequel? Uh, No. Neither have I. Nope. I saw the prequel. No. This was awful, but I've never seen the no. sequel. No, not, don't mess with perfection. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I got It's all you need. Mm -hmm. All the jokes are, and I can listen to these same dumb jokes over and over again and be perfectly content. <laughs> Hi, Lloyd. Um, Hi, Harry. How was your day? Not bad. Fell off the jetway again. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part about that scene is the way the the ticket taker just casually, like, steps aside just to watch. Yeah. Like, he's seen it before. <laughs> he knows what's going to happen. Why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere. <laughs> How'd you guess? I saw your luggage. Then when I noticed the airline ticket, I put two and two together. <laughs> my sister will do that. Flying somewhere. Like her and I, she'll, she'll, she'll use it. My sister is like a genius at using it. And like every, like she'll use, I'm not seeing it, Lloyd, or like flying somewhere. She's really good at using dumb and dumber lines. Um. Ah. <sighs> Just Sammy Swanee Samsonite. Samsonite. It started with an S. Swan, 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 Swanson, Swanson, Oh, Sam Samsonite. If I know Mary, she'll invite us right in for tea and strumpets. Uh, 
I, I, to me, I think this will go down as I hope, and, and I don't want this to happen because I don't want people to die, but I hope there is like a massive like solar flare cosmic thing that wipes all art and civilization from the planet, and the only thing that's left is this movie, and the aliens find it one day in the future, mm-hmm. and they say, and and this becomes our lasting legacy, and they say. I expected the Rocky Mountains to be a little bit rockier than this. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. That John Denver's full of shit, man. <laughs> Pull over! No, it's a cardigan! But thanks for <laughs> noticing! Yeah, man, killer boots! <laughs> yeah, see, look, there is the really dumb slapsticky shit, but then... Even though those jokes might come off as basic because they're being delivered by idiots, there they're has being, to actually, be actually they're being delivered by geniuses. There, it has between to be G- Jim Carrey genius. and uh, well, Jeff when I Daniels. Say, In fact, you it has to be written by geniuses. You hold Jeff Daniels in very high esteem. So to oh, he's he's in my my top three, four, yeah. Um, he. He was always high for me, but when we saw To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway, god damn. Isn't, isn't, isn't that messed up? What? He plays Atticus Finch. He plays Atticus Finch, like, and he plays him so... <laughs> and he plays Harry Dunn. And he plays Har- Harry Dunn. And he, and, and, like, he plays so many good... Like he, the, in broadcast... New, uh, what's... Um, or the newsroom. What's his Newsroom. Name? Newsroom. Like the for- greatest high fantasy show ever created. Uh, it's all about people that work in television that are care. smart and educated and care and dedicated and work hard to make the world a better place. <laughs> uh, Lord of the Rings is more likely. Yeah. Uh, but, and uh, he was so good in it. Yeah. So you got fired again, eh? Oh, yeah. They always freak out when you leave the scene of an accident, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I lost my job too. Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> no offense. No, no taken. <laughs> you know what really chaps my ass, though? I spent my life savings turning my van into a dog. The alarm alone almost cost me 200 Hey, man, chicks love it. It's a shagging wagon. I go on and on. Oh, yeah. It... Like I said, this movie just it it makes you laugh. It's what it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It's a comedy. There to I don't understand why people just don't why I, they hate for this movie. Now, granted, it usually comes from oh, older guys that don't get it, but I, I just I and there's no I don't have a defense for it either. It's one. It's the beauty of it. It's like <laughs> oh, the movie's dumb. You know, one like, time, yeah. I and I just go yes it is it's that's in, in in the title. You know, one time we successfully baited a bulldog with a Shih Tzu. Really, <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, we call it a bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it makes me so happy. Hmm. Wait a minute. Wait, what's what that? was all that one in a million talk? 
Oh, <laughs> I, I thought you like saw something interesting. Nah. Um, I'm just trying to like throw out any any line ever just, since. Just what you even said too. It's like you know, I'm just gonna quote it. I'm like, I'm just gonna we'll play the clip and you go. Mm-hmm. Excuse um, me, little old lady. Do you have change for a dollar? Change? No, I don't. Well, can you do me a favor and watch my stuff here while I break a dollar? Of course. Thanks. Hey, I guess they're right. Senior citizens, although slow and dangerous behind the wheel, can serve a purpose. I'll be right back. Don't you go dine on me. <laughs> Where's Hang the on. booze? It- I got robbed by a sweet old lady on a motorized car. <laughs> it gets worse. My parakeet Petey. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. What happened? His head fell off. His head fell off? Yeah, he was pretty old. <laughs> Do you know how much Jeff Daniels made for them in this movie? Mm-mm. Take a guess. Ballpark. Uh, $175,000. Nope. More or less? Less. The scale. $50,000. Because $50, I guess the only people that wanted him were the Farley brothers and Jim Carrey. The studio didn't want him. They're like, oh, th- this isn't for you. They wanted just another straight comedy guy like oh, Jim no, Carrey. He, he was so fucking good in this. I know, but they, they didn't want him. And his agent, like the people around him, didn't want him to do it because they're like, this is awful. This is going to kill your career. No. And he took it anyway. And it, it couldn't have been, like, I don't know, if it, it's strange because, and he's, he, Jeff Daniels is not a comedic actor in that sense. No. He's just an amazing actor right. that can do it. Whereas, like, he doesn't, he's not pigeonholed in that role, but because he could be, he is a straight actor, and he can play that comedic role, and you needed that. You couldn't just have two completely silly yuck yuck uh, do the silly monkey walk you know, karate guy kind of thing. Right. Uh, you needed two different kinds of funny, and he delivered it perfectly. I want to ask you a question. And in all those defense, this movie in no. Heinz, yeah, it should have probably killed everyone's career. Squeezing. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you a question. Okay. Straight out. Flat out. <laughs> and I want you to give me an honest answer. Mm-hmm. What do you think the chances are of a guy like you and a girl like me ever ending up together. <laughs> Hit me with it. Just give it to me straight. I came a long way to see you, Squeezer. <laughs> Just the least you can do is level with me. What are my chances? Oh, there's a chance. No, you got to say not good. Uh, oh, sorry. <clears throat> not good. You mean not good like one in a hundred? Don't make me remember thing. Oh, God. You say, you should... I'd say it's more like one in a million. I'd say it's more like one in a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Woo. Uh, my, I think my favorite back and forth is when he's like eating the Doritos. Like, where did you get those? I bought them when we filled up. We're supposed to be uh, talk about all expenditures. Why We're on a very tight budget. They didn't come out of the travel fund. Oh. Yeah, I was able to raise about 25 extra bucks before we left. Where did you get 25 extra bucks? I sold some stuff. The billion 4C. 
The blind kid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you sell him, Lloyd? Stuff. What kind of stuff? <laughs> I don't know. Stuff. A few baseball cards. You got me giggling because I know where it's going. Sack of marvels. <laughs> Petey. Petey? You sold my dead bird to a blind kid? Lloyd, Petey didn't even have a head. Harry, I took care of it. <laughs> Cuts to the bird with the fucking head tapped on with duct tape. Pretty bird. Probably want a cracker. Pretty bird. Oh, shit. Uh, is this your real job? No. My friend Harry and I are setting up to open our own pet store. That's nice. I got worms. Beg your pardon? That's what we're going to call it. I got worms. We're going to specialize in selling worm farms. <laughs> you can like ant farms. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, go, go watch... Uh, go What's the matter, Harry? Some little filly break your heart? <laughs> no, it was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah, this one's hard to even talk about because I just want to watch. Like, I, you don't put much thought into it. You don't put much like. You just watch it and you laugh. And it is really well written. That's what that's what pisses me off when people like like shit on it for it being dumb or it's stupid or it's immature or. Yes, it's all those things, but really well. Like, at the peak. It's the best at those things. <laughs> Harry, uh, your hands are freezing. <laughs> when he's choking him because he didn't give him gloves. <laughs> my hands are getting sweaty. Take my extra gloves, my hands are getting... Extra gloves? Oh, look at the buns on that one. Yeah. yeah. Must you, work out. Must work out. <coughs> All right. Um, yeah, so if you haven't seen Dumb and Dumber. Which... You don't need to because we just. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Right. You're good. They're, They're driving kidnapping in somewhere and then, you know. Sheepdog? Yeah. Well, Cinderella, we got to get you ready for the ball. <laughs> Oh, I, that, I forgot. That becomes like a standard uh, couple's Halloween costume. Oh, the the the, the tuxedos. Yep. Yeah, uh, Briscoe and I did that. That's right, you did. Yeah. Mm. Tell her I'm rich and I'm good looking and I have a, a rapist wit. <laughs> oh, shit. When he's getting his nails grinded, yes. she has to bust out the angle grinder. Oh, it's great. Anywho, so I, I've been giving you zero information about Dumb and Dumber. You just recited lines. I butchered spots, and then I laughed and giggled about uh, clips from a movie. Pills are good. That, uh, Pills are good. 26 years old. So go back and watch it. God, uh, 26 years ago? Yeah, man. I remember sitting up. Sitting on my back with my feet on the wicker uh, TV holder that was holding our television, watching that movie, just laughing hysterically. And and I, and only me and my dad and my sister, like the three of us have the same sense of humor. 
Mm-hmm. And we're all, like, my my brother's like uh, listening to his police scanner, waiting for us to He's be done. He's looking out the window for smoke so we can run to a fire. Yeah, or waiting for us to be done so we can watch cops or rescue nine one one. And my mom is not interested at all, but my dad, sister, and I are just sitting there like cracking up mm-hmm. with every line and memorizing it and watching it over because. Well, we had the pay-per-view for free. It was unlocked because my dad mm-hmm. had to monitor the cable channels. So we wouldn't just watch it once. We'd watch it over and over and over. That's why I could basically recite the whole movie. Um, like an idiot. Because I, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't recite my times tables. But I could recite... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many numbers are uh, in pi. I, I can't tell you what a prime number is. But... Uh, I do know Dumb and Dumber lines. All right. Um, here's my last movie, and god damn, is this another funny movie. Their partnership... It's the clip, <laughs> you sure? ...was created in the factory. Promise you'll look after Tommy Boy here till he gets his feet wet. Time out. Bad idea. It was forged on the road. Oh, I can actually hear you getting fat. And galvanized somewhere near Davenport. Chris Farley. The salesman has left the building. David Spade. Tommy Boy. It looks real. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, March 31st. Their salesman. We don't take no for an So, uh, a couple weeks ago, I had to go out to, um, Ohio with our friend Jake, and I felt like Richard to his Tommy. <laughs> He's a big dumb animal, folks. He's a big dumb animal, folks. So this is Tommy Boy, uh, probably the best movie of the best movie of Chris Farley and David Spade's uh, career, and Brian Dennehy's for that matter. What boy, Brian Boitano do? <laughs> Did you say Brian Dennehy? Dennehy? No, I said Brian Boitano. Yeah. Uh, so this is about a, a, a man who owns a, a car auto parts factory in Sandusky, Ohio, and um, he passes away, and uh, he's Bo Derek and um, Mr. Handsome. Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, Mr. Handsome Face, uh, mm-hmm, play mm-hmm, his uh, uh, stepmother and stepbrother, and they're trying to take the company and sell it to Zelensky Auto. We buy car parts for the American person, for the American people, or whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> and uh, it, it's like so it's a road movie. So they're on the road and they're trying to sell like uh, what one million brake pads, or one hundred thousand brake pads, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but they gotta, yeah, they got to sell enough brake pads to keep the company afloat. So uh, one of my favorite scenes in my research for this movie, I found out was supposed to be Helen. The waitress in this scene was supposed to be played by Roseanne Barr. They found a woman who looked exactly like her, but it's not played by Roseanne. And, and this scene's just great. I'm sorry. So sorry. Richard, do I have a mark on my face? It really hurts. Nope, nothing. I thought I hit you on the shoulder. My shoulder doesn't hurt very much, but my face does. Right here. Not here or here so much, but right here. Nope. Ship shape. Waitress, could I get that shrimp cocktail I saw in the glass case? Yep. And you, what can I get? 
Jesus, what happened to your face? I knew it. See, Richard. I'll have chicken wings. Kitchen's closed until dinner. Just got cold stuff and desserts. Boy, some chicken wings had really hit the spot. You sure it's closed? Let me check. Yep, it's closed. Okay. I'll just have a sugar packet or two. <laughs> hey, what's your name? Helen. That's nice. Uh, Roseanne. Like Helen. Helen, we're both in sales. <laughs> Let me tell you why I suck as a salesman. Let's say I go into some guy's office. Let's say he's even remotely interested in buying something. Well, then I get all excited. I'm like, Jojo, the idiot circus boy with a pretty new pet. The pet <laughs> is my possible sale. Oh, my pretty little pet. I love you. So I stroke it, and I pet it, and I massage it. Yeah, I love it. I love my little naughty pet. You're naughty. And then I take my naughty pet and I go. <laughs> oh, I killed it. I killed my sail. <laughs> That's when I blow it. That's when people like us have got to forge ahead, Helen. Am I right? God, you're sick. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll go turn the fryers back on and throw some wings in for you. Hey, thanks, Helen. Tummy likey. Tummy want wingy. Wingy. Did that board of the head knock something loose? Huh. What are you talking about? That 180 you just pulled with the waitress. Why can't you sell like that? I was just having fun. If we didn't get the wings, so what? We still got that meat lover's pizza in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like every conversation we've had. I'm like, Squeezer, what if we do this? You're like, who cares? If we don't get that, we still have that meat lover's pizza in the trunk. Not necessarily talking about food. You're just always excited about that meat lover's pizza we have in the trunk. And, uh, yeah, my, my favorite is in some of that when his, uh, the scene before this where he bombs at the sale when he, he lights the model on fire, talking about the guy's family being killed. Yeah. that That's my, my favorite. The, him just breaking it down and pulling out the car lighter and just lighting everything. <laughs> I get a good look at a butcher's ass by sticking my head up it. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it's yeah. This is definitely their best between the yeah. two of them. And I even, I even, I'm even one of those guys that likes Black Sheep. Uh, Black Sheep. Basically, okay. this is exact same movie, but no, but uh, so you know the girl, the naked girl in the pool who. Richard's masturbating to, and this scene. Oh, yeah, like, which, which way to the gym? Yeah, which way to the gym? Yeah. So both Chris Farley and David Spade ended up dating her, Lori Bagley, uh, and it caused tension between the two of them while filming Black Sheep, so they weren't as close with each other. No shit. Yeah, so you could tell. That's why that movie probably isn't as good. Like, in this movie, they're mm. the best of friends. Yeah. So uh, this movie has... Um, and if, if I would have just done Rushmore, I would have had all four Ghostbusters because I got Dan Aykroyd in this one. Kid, I sell American parts cheap. I'm just buying the Zelinsky <laughs> name. I don't give a shit about the product inside. I think he's doing the Chicago accent there. Yeah. Oh, no, he, he's fantastic. He, he comes off as like a total sleazeball, but uh, a kind of understanding and loving uh disgusting sleazeball still ends with Bo Derek in the end 
He does, and he's like, uh, "Are you hungry? I can <laughs> send, eat." Send, uh, send two bottles of champagne, one for them. Good job, kid. You got one over on me. Won't happen again. Send another one to him. Tough luck. The bag of ice. Use use the bag of ice to ice down your marbles. <laughs> your marbles. Yeah, he, he was doing like the uh, uh, the bears. Uh, yeah, the the, the Chicago Bears. Ah, I want a deep dish pay with uh, pepperoni, meatballs, a lot of sass, and a lot of cheese. And if I could also get a couple of hot dogs, sausages, worsts, if you could. Some crinkle crab fries, a deep beef sandwich, a loose, I lost it. (laughs) The Chicago Zelensky-Atto. Um, I had the soundtrack to this. You had the soundtrack to this, yeah, yeah. And it, it was, but so it was just songs from the movie, and then mixed in with uh little sound bites from the movie. Truth is, I make car parts for the American working man because I'm a hell of a salesman. He doesn't know any better. Well, son, since you're no longer a shareholder, this is where I leave you. Don't feel bad. This chain of events was settled in motion a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what songs were in this movie. I just want to... Yeah, I'd have to go through and... I, re- I remember it. Uh, I don't remember any... Uh, the only things I really remember would be like... Um, Superstar, but that's you know when they're singing along in the car. Yeah, they're crying. And uh, uh, come on, Eileen, it's the end of the world. Um, uh, by REM uh, is also on there. I gotta go. I don't even recognize half these fucking any of these other songs on there. Call I'd have me, to go back and listen. Superstar, Carpenter, Soul Coffin, it's Chicago, not Chicago. Come on, Eileen. It's yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. There was some soul coffin in there. But yeah, it was just because I was. Uh, I don't know when was that. Oh, Shaw, Shaw Blades is on there. Tommy Shaw and uh, what's his name? Uh, Blades from um, fucking uh, Motor and One Two. Oh, uh, Damn Yankees. No, you're thinking. Uh, Shaw Blades. What's the guy from Motor? Motor. It's uh, Motor in what? Night Ranger. Night Ranger. Night Ranger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shaw Blades. I think he was in both those bands. He he probably wasn't. Damn Damn Yankees was a super group. So yeah, Damn Yankees was like everyone. I think uh, Tommy Shaw was also in Damn Yankees. Hang on, let's look up Damn Yankees now. Ted Nugent, too, right? Tommy Shaw, Jack Blades, Ted Nugent, and Michael Tech. Jack Blades, that's his name. Yeah, yeah Shaw Blades. Uh... They had a song on that soundtrack. Um, it's what a lovely singing voice you have. Thank you. Um, I don't know if I've ever actually heard uh, that song all the way through. You just hear it on those uh, Ballads of the 80s commercials. Which ones? High enough. Oh. Take me high enough. No, you're right. Um, 
Tommy Shaw still does that though on uh because he tours with sticks, I think. Uh who's the other guy who wrote all the songs? Dennis DeYoung. He he just he doesn't get to tour as mm. sticks. He just tours as Dennis DeYoung. All right. Uh here is your last pick. Let's close this show out. It's it's been a long one. We are uh Wow, we're almost at two and a half hours. Whoops. And we just just rambling on and quoting movies. There we go. That's Which how is, you do it, kids. Hey, hey that's remember, the key this is, to podcast. The show started with us just re- basically recording what we would do in our free time, just standing around waiting for people to show up and sit down in front of a camera. Yeah, we and really come full circle. This is pretty much what we would do. And uh, here is, I, I'm glad a, a, a one movie from this director has made the list. Here's your next pick. Mel Brooks' History of the World, Part 1, starring Mel Brooks as Moses. Wow. Mel Brooks as Comicus. I'm fighting with cardboard. Mel Brooks as King Louis. It's good to be the king. And Mel Brooks as the Grand Inquisitor. The Inquisition. What a show. But the Inquisition's here and it's here to stay. Mel Brooks' History of the World, Part 1. Rated R. Now playing at a selected theater near you. I've penetrated into the father's... What's under the sheet? Sheet? Sheet! Sheet! Oh, oh, the sheet. Yes. To begin with, number one, a beautiful hand-carved alabaster bathing vessel. Nice. Nice. Not thrilling, but nice. Aha! But to fill the tub, behind curtain number two, treasure... From the Orient! Treasure! Bathtub! Treasure bath! I'm going to have a treasure bath! Treasure bath! Treasure bath! Uh, it's probably my my favorite scene in the entire movie. Um, yeah, I had the wrong pot up. Oh, I'm <clears throat> Shall we? You good? Yeah, I just I just potted up the wrong fader. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I was like, I'm talking. Oh shit, I'm not there. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, we're not cutting this, so you better just keep going. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, it, this is like my 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 favorite scene in the entire movie. The Roman Empire scene is fantastic, but anything with Dom DeLuise in History of the World is my absolute favorite. I think he kills it. I think anything Emperor with Nero. Dom DeLuise and any Mel Brooks movie. <laughs> Fair he, enough. He even uh, even up to uh, like Men in Tights, he plays. The, yeah. the Godfather type assassin. Hey, yeah. What do you, what do you want from yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> um, I I absolutely adore him, and I love this movie. And I'm I'm a history buff, so like I kind of it it takes all the stuff that you enjoy and all the serious awfulness, and then just makes fun of it, like the Inquisition, um, or the Roman Emperor, um, Empire. Uh, and as Comicus, and even as a kid, I never even got it. 
I don't think I got it until I was probably like in my 30s that he was comicus. Oh, he's I, a comic. I, I didn't get till three months ago that uh, Danny DeVito sold fucking patio furniture. Yeah. In Twins, a 32-year-old movie. So we're not. No one's judging here, Mister Squeezer. Oh, good. Um, it, it. Mel Brooks again. He plays all the great parts. Um, and like when he's comicus too. His little and it's the little scenes too. Him when they go to the like unemployment line, and he's like, "I'm a comic." And B. Arthur is working the unemployment line. It's like, oh. You're a bullshitter. No, I like that one. It's fine. No, it is. And B. Arthur does okay. it as well. Yeah. B. Arthur just is fantastic in it. Um, Madeline Kahn uh, is in it as well, who, of course, what other fantastic movie is she in? Madeline Kahn is in... Clue. Clue, Yes. She yes. she was dating uh John Peters. She plays Miss Peacock, right? Uh no. She was Miss White. Oh, Miss White. Alright, now I'm confusing people. Right? Never mind, continue. I think she was Miss White. Was Miss White? Mrs. Peacock was older. Yeah, she was Mrs. White. Um and of course, uh Gregory Hines, um, this is his debut. It's funny because like not, I didn't see this when it came out because I wasn't born yet, um, but like at that point I already knew who like Gregory Hines was, so I thought oh he was in this movie, but this is his first movie, uh, and he's fantastic in it, and this stuff with him and um, Madeline Kahn is fantastic, uh, but. I think probably my favorite line, and I quote this one all the time, it's in, like, the very beginning of the movie. Mel Brooks comes down as Moses. And, quote, the Lord Jehovah has given unto you these 15, drops the tablet and it breaks, looks up and goes, these 10 commandments. Oh, yeah. And just moves on. <laughs> and... The first time I ever saw that, I I just went in the other because I think the first time I saw it's like I was probably in like Sunday school, so like all that was like fresh in my head. So I'm like fifteen, and then he drops it, it shatters, and he just moves on, and it was uh, and it and it just went on from there. I love it. Right. Um, this probably this and Spaceballs are battle for my one and two. I, I think Spaceballs is more consistent. For me, it's Spaceballs and Robin Hood Men in Tights. I, I put Robin Hood Men in Tights. I put uh, it goes as third after probably Spaceballs, then History of the World, then Robin Hood Men in Tights. We're men. Manly men. We're men in tights. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. If you want to talk musical numbers, you have a synchronized swimming uh Spanish Inquisition song, um, possibly one of the most gruesome, bloodiest uh, moments in all of religion, and uh, <clears throat> we get a synchronized swimming sequence out of it. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, you get your French Revolution with uh, Count de Monet um, 
played by uh, Harvey Corman. It, it and then it it ends just again like some of the great Mel Brooks movies or even a Monty Python movie. These ones where it's like, look, we have all these jokes, like string them together. Let's make a movie. How do we end it? <clears throat> you don't because Mel Brooks is about to get executed and Gregory Hines shows up on the horse from the earlier segment from the Roman Empire. They all jump on the horse and ride off into the sunset. Right. That's it. There's <clears throat> there there's no like uh no no big climax to it, no ending, no resolution, none of that. It's just we got our jokes in, let's do something silly to get out and we're good. And that's all you need. And that's all you need in my opinion. Yeah. Uh there was there was never unfortunately a history of the world part 2. Although it was teased um, at the end of the movie. It was teased. We had Hitler on ice. Hitler on ice. Um, a Vikings funeral and Jews in space. <laughs> um, which actually, I guess we did. We got space balls. True, you did. Yeah. Uh, President yeah. Scrooge, don't ever use this wall. This is an unlisted wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was um, a fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm wrapping you up. Is that okay? Yeah, please. No, I, because I just, um, you, did you tell I lost my voice right there? It just went. Yeah, we're at almost two, we're at two and a half hours. We gave you guys. Yeah, you don't need me to go quote history of the world. Yeah, I, I, um, we quoted every other movie for you. Uh, unfortunately, we're sorry for that. Uh, I tried to play clips. I, I, I cut clips. You did too. You, I, I noticed what you did. You left them on your opening clip. Yeah, it's easier just to do that rather than try to communicate things. Yeah. Because then it doesn't go well. Yeah, right. I understand. We're we're not pros at this. <laughs> we're not professionals. We're just amateurs after three years and a couple months. Well, yeah, you have to get paid to be pros. You do have to get paid to be pros. We get paid by love and you guys listening and uh, you guys sticking around for what the fuck ever we're going to do next week with our equestrian slash horse episode. It's not going to happen. All right, we'll probably push it we'll off. We'll have something else, trust we me. We might have something else. But if if I put together five horse picks, I know Squeeze already has five picked. Uh, he just has to do his, his deep embedded research on horses. I already picked the Secretary of Baseball from The Simpsons. Yeah. You, you you already picked all the good ones, so I'm gonna have to go and and, uh, and 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 get some horse picks for next week. But until then, thanks for listening to our uh, movie. This was fun. I had a lot. I had a lot of fun doing this episode, and I hope it was you, a bunch of laughs. Yeah, and um, bad impressions by me. And I hope you guys had fun listening. And uh, if you liked it, uh, it really helps us if you rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, or wherever the hell you listen. Um, and stay tuned, because uh, I'm working with our people right now. We have some fucking awesome shit coming, uh, merch-wise. Um, and if you ordered something, uh, it's, it's on its way. I got stuff out. We're, we're, uh, I'm replenishing our turtle hats. Uh, we got new pins and stickers coming in the future. 2020 is going to be a good year for the Rad Years. I guarantee it. I know you guys are going to love it. Uh, and we're going to just keep doing the show the way we do it. We're not going to change anything. It's it's the way it is. Right, Squeeze? 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll try to clean things up now. Nah, nah, nah we'll fuck that. We will. Yeah. We might sound better. We might. I'm. I'm. I'm talking about buying new equipment. We're gonna sound better, but the show is still gonna be the show. We're still gonna run out of music. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, gonna... we like we like to like, make it sound good on the tech side of things because that's what we're into. But like the whole like producing it, like no, that's not what like, we're about. It's no, com it's coming into it. Put and, too much thought into it. Yeah, but our, our voices might sound better in your car. That's my goal to make it sound as good as it can. Goal. And you sound awful. You're, no, you don't. You're a sweet I'm boy. I'm a nasally with a little voice. fat monster kid. No, you're beautiful and you're handsome and you're a very, very sweet boy. Uh, also, shout out to Wade from Canada who sent us that awesome gift package we got today. Uh, uh, I think they're little. Um, the, the little the little uh, wrestling figure action figures. I don't exactly know what they're called at the top of my head. I can't think of it, but they're awesome. He sent it for our set. He's a fan. He's one of our only people who's given us love on Facebook. Wade, you're awesome. You got some super cool radio stuff on the way to Canada. We love you, Canada, and all our listeners in the Philippines. We have a huge Wait, contingent. Muscle guys? See, yeah, muscle, muscle. That's what they were. Yeah. Uh, and listen, we we're picking on Australia today. We really weren't, but like we have. It's like our fourth biggest market. So, wait, seriously? Yeah, Australia. They have the for us. internet in Australia. They do. We got it in last month, Crocky. It's funny because people actually complained. Like, there's some people like it was in my notes too. It's like, hey, you know, it's like this isn't great for Australia. It makes us look like a bunch of idiots and stuff like. Like, look, we're Americans. We give us little dribs and drabs. Right. We make ourselves look like idiots. See, dumb <laughs> yes. and dumber. Uh, so just join the club, all right? And yeah. um, oh, we love Australia. I love Australians. Uh, um, uh, I will. I will get there one day and hide from all your creatures that could kill me. Uh, uh, hopefully, they're still there. Yeah. No, they will be. They they're gonna survive this. I know it. And they'll pull through. I hope so. And, I um, say that in a sad way. I really do. Please support their fight any way you can. I know I'm gonna. I know Enchantress and I did already, and Squeezers. We're gonna get them to give a couple dollars, maybe one or two. See, it's a nice lunch bag. Yeah, it's like squeezing water out of a rock. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week, maybe with a horse episode, maybe with something else. Thank you for listening this week. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Bye bye.